1: Corona virus for everybody. It's like Oprah? Yeah. <laughs> and you get one and you get one. <laughs> or I thought that was Ellen. Is it Ellen or Oprah? Oprah. Oprah. She's giving those
2: cars away. Okay. You get a free car. And you get a free car. You get Corona. Jesus. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. First ever. Make sure you get close enough to that, mic. Yeah, so this is our first ever outside pod. So if you hear the twinkling of uh, leaves
1: and birds and... Uh, <laughs> Occasional gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> then you know that's where we are. <laughs> if, I know if you're not from this neighborhood because if you're from this neighborhood, you know this is no neighborhood yeah. to be for. <laughs> Definitely turn your thing so you're even closer. I want you to almost eat the mic. Eat it. <laughs> I feel like I'm closer to my mic than you are to yours. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe it's a forced perspective thing. Yeah. All right, we're good then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like. deep throat <laughs> <laughs> when I'm deep when I'm deep throat and you're in the editing room you'll be yelling at me. <laughs> I shouldn't have told him I shouldn't have said it <laughs> uh, yeah this is the first time you've uh, been on the pod in like three weeks
1: yeah, yeah. well uh, if- I enjoyed the vacation but I was itching to get back so. <laughs> Yeah, yep. and this is definitely a subject I asked
2: Justin at the end of the last pod do you, do you listen to any? Have you seen any of Sidney Lament's movies? Like I've never even heard of that guy. <laughs> I was like, exactly. "Well, then <laughs> you're fired." <laughs> yeah, no, you don't
1: represent the true spirit of fascinated <laughs> yeah, with films. No car for you if you don't because I, I <laughs> he knows these movies very he just rarely. Doesn't know the, uh, director very rarely is there a director where I've seen everything he's done. Yeah, and it isn't my favorite director. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's not my favorite. He's I one of my all, I, He's on my top I, ten. I, I, well, he is. He is. But he doesn't stand out in my mind. Yeah, like some yeah. of these movies, I didn't even know he did. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah, he's one of those actors and
2: directors that I uh, I understand people do not know the name Sidney Lament. But okay. well, before we, I, get, we okay. go into there, I want to just uh, kind of recap what's going on. World's still screwed. World still screwed. This is our world still screwed up, up. Tom Hanks
1: uh, pod. One of my favorite actors ever. Yeah. Well, you still got the last I one. Felt like I did. <laughs> I I felt one. like I did a pod, and then <laughs> and then I got ripped away from me <laughs> should we pull back that curtain <laughs> it was but, Justin all the
2: time uh yeah dave had done one of them but man the the technology some of them i've listened to some pods where people are doing them over the phone now because that's like the new norm and some of them are horrible and yeah. they'll release them really bad and i'm like man i can't do it and uh the one we, me and dave taped I, his service is just so bad so we had to go with Justin. the service is fine just it's just lucky where, when i live dead. where i live yeah. the service is bad yeah yeah, because Justin's comes out clear as day. Uh, he still so. lives in the incorporate. Yeah, yeah, he lives a little bit close to you, so he probably Sound has maybe, a cell but, tower yeah.
1: next to him. He sounds the best. Yeah. When we were on the phone together. His is yeah, the, yeah. always the one that sounds. The yeah, best. his sounds good. I'd like to um, consider doing a call with Eric, but I need to talk to him on the phone first and record it and see how it
2: sounds because uh, that's a distraction. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we're uh, so we're outside the, my backyard next to the pool. Next to the pool. Next to the pool. I set up this uh, long kind of uh, business table in the backyard, so we're like distancing ourselves from ten feet. And Dave just walked in the backyard and fa- slapped down in a chair, so we are definitely uh, taking the. Yeah, uh, serious <laughs> it's serious and uh yeah i got the back of my house in view here with our brand new kitten who's just gonna be running amok and uh, chasing brown cat everywhere uh yeah we've, we've got a craziness we've got a kitten who doesn't know there's another uh, old cat that doesn't want her there she will jump right on top of her like WWF style. Yeah. Boom, right on her. And, and the Sometimes brown cat will just go. growl and, and run away or just hiss. Thank God for the hiss. It, it, initially, we were angry at the hiss, but the hiss is
1: the only thing that's keeping her uh, in check yeah. and uh, and getting her off her, so. Many uh, – we're going to turn this into a cat pod here. <laughs> yeah. My cat, my orange cat, uh, it was the opposite when the, when we got Sammy the kitten. Oh, really? orange cat. It was still sort of a kitten, but was at least – Eight months older, nine, maybe even more. Yeah, jump would just jump on top of oh, him God. and just like try to bite the back of his neck. We we're like, "Don't eat the kitten!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she got used to it after a while. She Kittens get used to, get used to
2: stuff. I'm afraid they're that, close uh, to age. They're the the like old cat apart. might not, but uh, so what have we? Uh, what's
1: been going on in the world over by you? Anything? Just, just a nothing, whole man. lot of uh, yeah. my life literally hasn't changed. Um, I yeah, may, I, other I, than
2: having to, not being able to go to the grocery store at like. Uh, can't at night or go to six in the morning, and
1: because yesterday I, was the first. I, I refuse day. to wait in
2: line. Yeah, for the groceries. I don't. I've never had to wait that long, but they do. They wait you. They only let like uh, forty, fifty people Hitch in the Cox score at the, the same shit. time. Yeah, they don't. There's other grocery stores don't care. I wish they all cared, but the. Uh, Yesterday was the first door I went to the grocery store that was it was fully packed with the toilet paper. Yeah. Like everything. Well, it was, you know, it was not a packed. toilet paper store. it's no. just a supply chain It sorry. was just people like, yeah, it now, a, now everyone's got their garage stuffed with it and yeah. they're done with it. So we There's, jumped on it a little early and ordered some online, but we didn't pay any more than we would pay in the I store. I came so. to,
1: now here's my toilet paper story. <laughs> we all got one. I- <laughs> <laughs> I we have a septic system and it's mm. a very fussy septic system and we're out in the country, man. Mm. <clears throat> and uh, so <laughs> we
2: RV <laughs> toilet paper. We have to use
1: <laughs> Scott one ply yeah. sandpaper toilet paper. It just dissolves <laughs> as soon as it touches water, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's all we can use. So I was able to find a twelve pack of the other stuff, which you might inherit. <laughs> um, so we were down to our last roll of Scott. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> we we're like. Man, this is gonna suck. And then, uh, then I found it. Yeah, we were freaking out, and we haven't even gone into like a, a sixteen pack that we had
2: before it even started. So it's like we jumped the gun a little. I mean, early. it's good to be prepared. Yeah, well, that's what everyone's learned from I this: is th- that stockpile stuff that doesn't go bad. You know, that way you can kind of just put it off to the side. Because
1: I mean, about. who's not going? Why not buy toilet paper? Because who's yeah. not going to use? No, there's certain things in paper. bulk I mean, that we should be going to like Sam's like, Club and all those. Ne- it's never going to go bad. Yeah. For sure. So why not? Well, now the prices is, is what man can be angry right now. The the prices are what twenty percent up on um, almost everything. Really? I buy. and wow. y- it's stuff you don't even notice. like Save a, it on gas though. Y- a little <laughs> bit. that we know. right here. So yeah, yeah I just paid dollar Yeah, $1.99. But uh, the, the things you don't realize, like I used to pay a dollar for a can of black beans, and now I pay a dollar twenty, which huh, doesn't sound that much, but that's twenty percent. Yeah. Lower but at least
2: we have wrestling to... Uh, oh, I mean, to, if you were going to make essential anything essential. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only in Florida. I heard
2: they, they made it essential. Then the, then the same day Vince McMahon's wife donated, like, $17 million to Trump's super PAC, I was like, oh, that, isn't that the fucking Let's way it Let's make dirt
1: driveways and mullet haircuts, yeah. essential.
2: <laughs> I I can understand that people wanted, in his whole... Well, people want to be entertained, but yeah. I, don't, I don't see any way this country is going to be able to open up without... Uh, Without everyone mandatory wearing masks,
1: or everybody getting tested, yeah, or
2: that too, just yeah. test everybody. But the problem is, is uh, they better get your results to you immediately because I'm worried about people getting tested and then they contact they six people. Te- they're they're they asymptomatic in to- yeah in hours, and then you have to worry about people uh, frigging being truthful about it, and it's yeah. got to be a good way. But of I doing mean. It. I have no problem wearing masks, to be honest with you. I have, I have like a Patriots bandana I wear over my uh, face. I feel like I'm going to rob the place. I wear it around my neck, and when it comes time, I just put it over my face. I feel like I'm going to rob it. Makes me feel kind of
1: good. I I live out in the country, and I don't know if you know this about Florida. Sometimes you run into some racists.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's weird how people's minds—they think Florida is South Beach, you know, and they think it's all and these racists
1: are the kind of racists that. Pretend that they're not racist, but say lots of racist stuff. But so the people in front of me were like talking about what it must like to be a young black man Mm. that usually gets usually gets profiled for wearing a hoodie or something. Now they got masks and hoodies. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, they must be getting <laughs> harassed all the time. And I, I don't think the cops are fucking with anyone <laughs> recently, so too. They,
2: because they're not allowed to ask you where you're going or or, or why you're out for the quarantine. Going Apparently, that's what or, they tell Yeah, Yeah, it's, you're always going to the grocery you're store. The grocery I mean, store. I'm going to work, but... Uh, it, it would be. It's going to be interesting essential. to see the movies they make about this because, man, this eight-year period is given fodder for uh, for directors and I screenwriters. I was thinking you should uh, you should adapt Crystal
1: Asylum. Yeah, no, it's already to written. Be I mean, it's, it's to just be.
2: the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be, but like it, on steroids. Though. But it, it, yeah, there's elements of mine where people are, like, losing their mind and uh, faces are kind of Who kinda says the next wave melting. isn't going to I, I think people are just happy with uh, with that type of movie right now. I should just bring it out and pitch it uh, to, like, 20 producers yeah. during this thing. I, I was thinking of pitching some scripts anyways because no one's got anything else to do but read scripts, you know? Because most people are like, oh, I'll get to it in a couple months. I'm in the middle of production and everything like that. But now, I mean, they got no excuse. They just read That's away, true. man. So I might have to. The problem with pitching scripts is you got to fucking pay for it, you know? Yeah. It's not like it's a. Especially now, because no one's pitching in person. You should now. you should
1: visit those sites that charge. I bet you they were offering discounts.
2: They might. There's one uh, place that I go. The uh, virtual PitchFest is. Uh, uh, it's a really good site, and they charge like it's like ten dollars, which isn't isn't that bad. But when you spend two hundred dollars to pitch uh, uh, producers, a lot of people don't know if you go on this site, you have a script, you pitch the producers, and uh, they have twenty forty eight hours, I think, to get back to you. And by the time I send them, I'll get like eight rejections right there. I was like 80 bucks right there. I just, I just <laughs> lost it. Yeah, it's, it's totally like this, the, it's totally like the uh, fucking uh, what do you call it? The South Park episode where it, and it's gone. <laughs> you could just see it and I was like and I've done it before where I've gotten like five positives that they want to read it not guaranteeing that they're going uh, to like it or uh, buy it but out of I spent Two hundred dollars and one hundred and fifty of it just completely went down the trash. It's a racket, man. You shouldn't have to be. I got a friggin' product.
1: Just, just. Yeah. You shouldn't have to pay for the it. The problem is it's a screwed up system. You would have, you, in a perfect world, you would move to California. Yeah. And you would just jam it in everybody's a thousand copies a yeah, week yeah, yeah. in everybody's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until even then, you need a manager. F- need a manager though. You can't. Yeah, it. but you can get a. You can get a manager to take a phone call for you. I don't know.
2: It's, managers is a big freaking. uh racket, be a manager. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's really a pain in the ass kind of process. In uh, you know. a in the <laughs> next world, they'll make it easier. That won't help me much, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll make it through the next world. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the the guy we're talking about, there, going back to Sydney Lamette here, uh, Sydney Lamette knows drama, man. This guy <laughs> is, and he knows the '70s, and the '80s, the, and he knows New York.
1: I mean, is there what, any of these that aren't New York? I don't know, but here's the funny thing: I'm watching it, and my wife's. Sometimes she'll know right away what the pod's gonna be, and sometimes she won't. But yeah. she walks by and she's like, What is this? The corrupt cop pod? <laughs> well, you, you're not completely you're wrong. Not right. wrong. <laughs> he, he does throw have some it. corrupt lawyers in there and some. Oh, people. crazy! You people. watched like
2: Serpico and Prince of the City kind of right after Serpico, each other. Serpico, Prince are the of two. the City, <laughs> and uh, Q&A back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those <laughs> are the, uh, the big corruption. It must have been some B bee that he had in his bonnet that he just felt like talking about too. I mean, and he, and he, he went to New York. He knows New York really well. There's a lot Brooklyn, of great stuff there. and. Uh, if, if you haven't seen these movies, if you're a new movie watcher, or if you're a movie watcher that just likes to go back and check out some old stuff, these like we're talking about eleven on here, eleven films, and he's got he's got twenty films that are really good. I just kind of picked picked and cho- chose ones that uh, that really showed kind of how versatile he he was, and uh, I think these are all really really good. So I say we start right off the top there. And we're gonna go with 1957s is the earliest one on on his list. We kind of almost jumped 15. This is the original uh, 16 years, and this is the original too. In the in the we'll talk a little bit of the re- remake too, but uh, it's the original uh, Twelve Angry Men. Now this is a classic, classic movie. It's one really of my stuggles. favorite movies.
1: Probably also is cheap to redo. It was a great. Remake. A, you also. could do a, this as a stage production. Yeah, but William... Uh,
2: William uh, it probably has been done as a stage production. It has to
1: have been done as a stage production. I mean... Yeah.
2: William Friedkin did the remake of this. And the and remake was, was great, too. The remake was great, too. It was all about getting it very similar to... And the remake got, like, awards, too, because they got, like, Jack Lemmon and George C. Scott on it. But this old-school one had some serious names. It was the first time he worked with Jack's, Jack Warden when he was super young, man. I mean, you, you look at Jack Warden when he was older doing, like, Problem Child or... even in the verdict uh, and used cars and he's just like that gruff kind of staple but he was great he was the one that and if I can remember I'll tell you who they were uh uh, who their alternate for the remake was. Like, Jack Warden was who that kind of guy was, who was pissed that he couldn't go to the baseball game. And on the remake, it was Tony Danza. Yeah. And the, the two main characters, basically... was pretty uh, good. Yeah. Which I wouldn't... Who was really good. Like he's... I'm telling you, the cast for that other one, I mean, it included uh, George C. Scott, Jack Lemmon, uh, Ozzy Davis... George C. Scott's character. Uh, Hugh Cronin. the guy that All played... Who
1: played his character in the original? Uh,
2: the, see, him, I don't know. that That's like, he was awesome in that original, too. Great. And I should have looked him up, too. But he was that really you know, gruff guy. So to get ahead of ourselves here, the, the the whole movie and it could be done on a stage production easily. I mean, I sh- we should be like redoing this into a stage play here at the in Gainesville and would fucking go like gangbusters. You have but to find uh, twelve good actors. And yeah, well there. that's the, <laughs> and it you only involves twelve actors though. I mean, that, which yeah. is good when you think of some stage plays. Uh, and that's the that's kind of, big, that's the kind of number you're looking num- for. That's a
1: big number for a stage production though. Twelve. Sometimes, sometimes it depends. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some ones that like, are, like, think about uh, Hamlet 20 or something. Or something like that's probably that. But not much.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've seen stage production with this one person. So, uh, one person, two people. So, it's not that bad. But, uh, so nothing really, at the very beginning of the movie is the end of the case in the courtroom and the the judge is putting them into the room. And then, literally, the rest of the movie is in that room and it's the 12 people discussing the case that they just heard that the viewer has not heard. So, we learn what the case is kind of through them and we find out it's a, uh, it's a, punk kid who killed his uh was his father yeah. uh, uh and uh and the goody two-shoes was what's his name uh yeah henry fonda, uh, henry fonda. <laughs> who who always plays that kind of goody two-shoes type character so he was perfect but he it. was he's sort of like the voice of reason yeah like and it was the, good he he was that character that he always kind of played and it was like jimmy stewart jimmy stewart could have easily come in and played that I character i'll tell you what
1: jury i've never been how you, you you've been in a, oh, jury and a good before. jury a good jury experience i had too and really, i've really never good. experienced that but i imagine there's at least six people in there that don't give a shit. Yeah, just like we had one, one that didn't out. give a shit. He he was like, "Whatever you Tell guys what you want to do," and, I, would, and, I, would, no and I was like,
2: "No, dude, don't do that." I yeah. said, "Don't." It's like don't this worry. poor. Dude. I said, "Certainly not right off the bat." Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. It, do it in your head. Don't say that out loud first <laughs> of all. Uh, but it was that great situation. Like we uh, they're like, "Let's take a uh, let's take like a hand vote, see where everyone stands." And it was like eleven guys guilty and Henry Fonda innocent. And then you know they're grumbling and like, "Oh, there's always one." And so you they were vote They were pretty light this point written vote yeah you should have probably done the written vote so but, you know what people really think yeah today they would probably do the written vote they had the foreman and everything but uh they were like well this is how it's gonna go here and at first they were kind of light about it you know they were like well we'll just spend the next hour convincing them until they realized
1: shit we're gonna be here for a fucking while dude We can't remember and this kind of relates to this movie but they did it all those psychological experiments where they'd have a bunch of people in the room and all of them were plants except one person Ah. and they did one experiment where they showed everybody different images and then asked them questions about it Mm. and like they showed three lines and one was obviously longer than the other and then they set the plant uh, the, the guy down at the end and so... They'd go, which one's longest? And then the guy, first guy would say, oh, obviously one. And then the second guy would say, oh, yeah, one, one. And then the guy at the end would say one just because everybody else said one. And the line two was obviously an inch longer. Yeah. I'd be like, like, you all
2: crazy. I don't think I could be fooled into that type of game, man. But it's called groupthink. Yeah. It's really interesting. In juries, it's a huge.
1: That's a huge part of it.
2: And see, with this, Henry Fonda just wasn't sure. He thought he deserved, this guy deserved at least uh, some time for them to discuss it Everybody deserves at least But as he's discussing it, then he gets one more person on his side. Yeah, of course. And then now it becomes more difficult. It's not trying to kind of convince one guy they didn't do it. Now it's two. And then you get to see it whittling down to, like, uh, more and more. And then there's that one guy who George C. Scott played in the remake, but he was that gruff guy, and he was so pissed. He was, like, almost that... Red, angry, furious, like, uh, and then he had a couple breakouts at this point. And remember, they had that moment in the uh, thing that no one could get that. T- he's got that specialty <sighs> knife, and no one could have that knife. And Henry Fonda pulls that knife out of his pocket and slams it into the table. Yeah. And it's the exact same knife. And they're like, Where the fuck did you get that? And he said, Well, I had the bailiff bring me one, and, or go out and buy me one. And I was like, What the hell kind of weird kind of plot point is that? <laughs> the
1: courthouse. I'm pretty sure they don't let you do it. But it was, we, remember it was when was we good. had to go in the
2: courthouse, they made us lock up fake guns. Shit, and man. I had to go to Chinatown to get my switch plays. I don't know where they had to go. <laughs> I go <with> flea market <laughs> yeah. It was a great
1: do you um you remember uh, the Amy Schu- Schumer? Yeah, yeah. She had a show and one of her episodes did a parody of 12 Angry Men mm-hmm. with Paul Giamatti mm. and they were trying to That's hilarious. I didn't know that. They they had a poster of Amy Schumer and pa- the whole premise was whether she was good looking or not, <laughs> and they're all and like everybody's no, she's not good looking. And then one guy's like, "eh, she's kind of look good looking." But Paul Giamatti's like, "she's got cabbage patch kid like features." What are you talking
2: about? <laughs> you know she wrote that. Yeah, too. It's and they hilarious. went back and
1: forth. And if you could Google it on, oh YouTube, man, I'll have to check it's, it. Out. It's hilarious, and it has a bunch of actors. You she's would she's
2: hilarious too. I, I just uh, I've been watching uh, uh, comedians and coffee. Uh, oh yeah, yeah comedians yeah, yeah. getting a coffee. Uh, yeah. Medium car is getting coffee. And it's like 84 episodes, and they're like 18 minutes each. And I'm, have you seen yeah. any of them? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're that's fucking great, man. They're so good. And I'm watching them. I'm I watching like the, the, cars. the, the, the a Will Ferrell. He's a Porsche yeah. E- well, enthusiast. Yeah, well, every episode he begins with a brand new car they specifically pick for the person he's oh, um, yeah, that's He's right, pulling that's up right. for. So if he's pulling up Kevin Harvey, he's, he's pulling up like in a 79 Porsche uh, uh, Katera or, a, uh, or is that the Lamborghini? Kundash. The Lamborghini Kundosh, and the Katera is the, the Porsche. And it's all, I, he picked up Norm MacDonald in this old rusted jalopy (laughs) (laughs) but i only watched like 10 episodes Uh, so far and um Two of the cars broke down. They had to stand yeah, on the yeah. side I of the did, road. I did see one and, It's him and Steve Martin to... standing on the side of the road. And they were like, and it says, was a... you know, these people are driving by saying, is that Jerry Seinfeld, Steve Martin? No, that couldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had someone bring him like a, a a Mustang and everything. But, yeah, it was it was funny. Uh, anyways, yeah, so 12 Angry Men was exciting, man. It was one of those things that I think everyone wishes that's the kind of drama that goes on in court cases and everything. I think it's more cut and dry normally. The one that I was involved in was like this rape trial, and everyone didn't agree, and it, w- it was just like it was in the fucking movies, and it was very interesting. I would imagine that a lot of those courtroom movies, especially ones that involve the juror, are kind of designed by people that have gone in themselves mm-hmm. and done it and experienced yeah. it. Because I one love, of those things, I love courtroom movies. Yeah, you would love it. It would if you got the right one. Chances are, it's you're not going to get a good one. And I had gotten jury duty right before the coronavirus. I said, well, I guess that one's not going to happen. And I can't do it anyways because of uh, my work. So I usually can uh, can get out of it. I'd like to, but they're like be at the courthouse at like seven fifteen in the morning, and I get done at my uh, my job at like six thirty. I was like, man. I can't do that. And no one's doing it now anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But 12 Angry Men, man, super exciting. I don't want to give much away about it because it's one of those ones that it it certainly ages well with age. And the remake was well, well done. And they could really do another remake. They could easily do oh, yeah. another one because the remake that was done was like the early the 90s, I think. Like 90 or 89. And it was up for all sorts of awards. Jack Lemmon got uh, an award for it. and Bing uh, Rames was in it. He was really, really great. Man, it was just an exciting, awesome some awesome movies so you definitely should check it out uh all right this next one which is the first of the uh the three kind of uh cop uh, in new york cop movies hey i'm hearing this chime here yeah, i wonder if i should i
1: wonder if i should pull this thing down hold hold the phone. hold the pod together, yeah, hold the pod together all right uh i feel like garth in that scene from uh from wayne's world uh when <laughs> um what's going on this is really weird <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right all right i got rid of the the, the chim chime <laughs> if that was annoying to anyone besides me a nice me. little back noise I, I
1: know
2: people are like i need to get myself some wind chimes man i forgot how enjoyable those are yeah so this is the first of the three kind of uh uh police corruption ones and this one was great man. this is his, this one this you is you to... his open his classic uh
1: like if if
2: who's this Lament? Yeah. Uh, Man, all these movies are so huge. It's so crazy. Uh, And I don't think he ever won an Oscar. I think he won an Oscar for people. I mean, like, people won Oscars for the work that they've done in his work, but I'm pretty sure he hadn't. Number nine Uh, had
1: a bunch of um, uh, award nominations.
2: Yeah, there was a whole bunch of these things on here, man. But Serpico, certainly one of the first uh, kind of Pacino movies, and Pacino really threw himself in it. And if I have to pick, like— Some 70s movies to people to if you want to see what 70s was like in the New York in the 70s, uh, 70s. Serpico is a
1: great kind of uh, vision of that one. There's a um on Hulu right now, there's a documentary, hour and a half documentary to call Frank Serpico. Oh, really? And it's him, and he's in his 70s when they did it. He talks about the movie at all too, or he just I I only watched the first 10 minutes so far, but he's fascinating. He was talking more about his, he liked to dress up. Yeah. He said I would be a meat packer one week and a yeah. an orthodox Jew the next week and a and a priest the week after. Yeah, he that. was and thrilled. They were like, he Hey, we're gonna put you out there and we're yeah, gonna he not have a makeup and, mirror at home and he would sit and do yeah. his own makeup.
2: He's pretty crazy. It it really showed you how bad the corruption was where they were like they were <laughs> having retired they is. were having retired cops yeah. pick up the money so yeah. they uh, didn't have to be kind I of be completely a affiliated cop, with it. I think. Well, you use. I haven't seen that documentary yet, that really good one uh, that you like. Joe Rogan talked to that guy. Oh, uh, yeah, on, the, the,
1: uh, the 5 seven The 5-7, yeah, and he talked I've to I've seen him. He's it four times. He's,
2: Well, I should find what the podcast is so you can actually hear him talking about it after the fact, after yeah. he's got out of prison yeah. and everything, so it's, it's probably really interesting. It's, I mean, but it's, it's crazy because people back then, especially in the 70s and 80s, and if these people weren't stupid about it, it would be different. Uh, what always surprised me about like the movie but, Serpico and the story is how they just assumed... He was going to be all right with it. Yeah. How do you assume that everyone's going to be all right with it? it? Seems like one of those things that you got to feel somebody out. You got to keep it more silent. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were just throwing money around. Oh, here's your share. Here's your well, two hundred bucks. Well, the thing
1: about greed is, is uh, th- there's no ceiling yeah. to greed. Like if, if you're stealing ten bucks, yeah. you're going to look how to steal twenty bucks. Yeah, and you can't see and the, the fifty bucks. See ahead
2: like hundred uh, bucks if you were going to see kind of, oh, I've got six months more than this
1: then you'll stop in two yeah. months but you never know when no, that point's gonna happen. You'll stop yeah. when you go and that's that, that five seven movie is great yeah. because of of that spiral out of control and, and him wh- talking about it.
2: What's great about Serpico and what it, it's one of the most poignant lines in the movie is where Pacino is like, if they had just put all their effort into actual police work, yeah. we would have this uh, street cleared of crime in no time because they spend so much time just dealing with the corruption and dealing with how are we going to shake down this person and where am I going to get the money and this person needs to hand it over to this guy. A lot of great kind of like uh, character actors in this film. One of his closest kind of guys in the movie was that guy from Midnight Run uh that worked oh, yeah. for joey pants mm-hmm. yeah. i saw him in a lot of old ones i'm pretty sure he's in prince of the city too maybe not. uh the father uh, from
1: number nine was on it uh the father from number nine uh hirsch judd hirsch was in yeah. serpico Yep. oh
2: i didn't even remember yep. he, he was, was in that he was a patrol officer huh. huh oh man i didn't even like see him f-
1: he had two or three scenes wow i didn't even see him uh i had just watched oh, it was there was a, there was a pun yeah if you want go back and watch it i yeah. don't know if you've seen it in the last year oh i
2: remember that strickland strickland was a strickland guy that was walked in and he in thought it, that he the, thought he was uh, uh, just
1: doing some shady shit so many
2: and, yeah really good good actors and it it, it was sad because frank serpical really wanted to be a cop man i mean it meant a lot to him and it must be really disappointing for a lot of people that are in the situation that they just
1: want to yeah. and he thought do he real could get, police work he thought he would he thought he could get the department clean if you yeah. just told the right person but everybody you right. told just sort of said don't t- stop, yeah. just stop keep, keep your mouth shut yeah. and just whatever and,
2: it's, and that's what separates this from Prince of the City and we'll, we'll hold off Prince of the City until it gets here but uh the guy from Prince of the City had been taking money for a long time. Serpico never took money. He yeah. didn't take money at all. He was just, "It's not for me." And then they were trying tricks like, "Oh, well, I'll just keep it for you here." You know, like Danny Aiello in <laughs> The Professional. Yeah, he says, "Banks, yeah, no, you can't trust banks. He keep your money with Frank here, and I'll, I'll, I'll." Dip it out to you whenever you need it. Uh, and it was it was crazy because you, you knew, sure enough, I mean, well, this movie kind of started like Carlito's way, so you knew something bad was yeah, going to happen yep. because it started with him being rushed to the hospital with like a face full of blood. You're not yeah. sure what happened. And it was shady, man. You knew at some point that he was going I mean, to be had, the one yeah. witness that was talking to the grand jury and that it was going to take everyone down. So sure as shit. And how he didn't know this, i don't not sure, is he went out on like this run. And, uh, I mean, you had to see that coming. And then he's trying to squeeze into this door, and then, uh, his partners are behind him, not helping him. And then the guy just reached to the door and shot him in the fucking face with a, uh, with a pistol. Luckily enough, it was such a small kill. It must have been like a 22. Shot him in the cheek, and it didn't kill him. Didn't yeah. hit his brain, didn't man. His just, brain. Uh, how <laughs> pissed off those cops must have been. He's like, Oh, we took him out. And we are like, You can't even get this guy in the face. Well, it
1: would have been over if they had. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, how horrible is that? I liked, that you're you know what I liked other? about this movie? is They showed, and the the real guy was eccentric. Yeah. I mean, he moved to Sweden after. Yeah, Switzerland. Switzerland. Switzerland, yeah. And was like, he's gone. I'm seeing. Just it. was eccentric. I respect and, that shit. And uh, <laughs> so he was involved a lot in the counterculture. Yeah. Like, of <laughs> New York City. Going mm-hmm. to dances and going to. Bohemian party. Yeah, and you saw from the beginning of the, uh,
2: the movie, like, Clean Flays, and you got to see him yeah. go from his mustache to his goatee to his beard. To and his shaggy. It, for Pacino, this must have been a dream job for him. I'm not sure what year Godfather was, but I think this was right after Godfather. He had already done Godfather, so he established himself to uh, to be really, really good.
1: Do you uh, know who the actress was that played this first girlfriend? The one no, she was, was the really ballerina?
2: good. No, yeah, she was really good in this movie, too. Uh, and, uh... uh like I said, every actress in this movie, every actor in the movie was really good, and they just had like an authenticity to them that you really. His I, movies are gritty. They're God, they're really shaky, gritty, man. Handheld, a yep. lot of handheld, shaky. A lot of great wide shots, though. I I I think of like the verdict. There's a scene. Uh, I'll talk more about it when we get there. But there's a great scene where they're showing the wide shot from like the jury of the entire courtroom, and uh, Paul Newman's given his. And speech, and they push. They push in on him, and they go from that wide shot all the way to Paul Newman, and it's all one shot, and it's really, really great when he can do that. And there was uh, a lot of his other movies are like that with these great, grand shots. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out Serpico, man. I'm surprised that there's not more police corruption movies out there. I mean, there's a good chunk. I mean, there's probably a good 20 or 30 out there police that we've probably put together. Police corruption. It's probably a It's a shame that a that, that could be a genre, but it is. Uh, this next one, this was always a big movie. Our, our parents loved this yeah. movie when we grew up. and definitely I Definitely uh, didn't remember this as a Sidney oh, so, Lumet movie. So good. No, man, I remember too. the movie, but I
1: didn't think it was him.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely. There's a couple of his movies on here that kind of you are surprised when you find out that it's him. And uh, this What's
1: the Charlie Chan? one that, that's sort of like this isn't there one yeah
2: this is something like this well this is uh, I don't think we said the name yet this is 1974's Murder on the Orient Express yeah uh, phenomenal movie uh, the remake really good Really? Re- really good. I was surprised with it. What Kenneth Branagh. It's just like two years ago. Really? Yeah. Nah. Kenneth Branagh played the uh, the main kind of dis- detective. detective, who in this it was Albert Finney. You couldn't even barely recognize that it was Albert Finney.
1: Couldn't. He recognize had
2: his him. Uh, hair slicked down. He had that weird curly mustache. He was he waxing had a up, kind of crazy and uh, a sort weird of accent. And, accent. Too. Yeah, you would never in a million years know it was the Albert Finney that you know from. Uh, Big Fish and uh, Aaron Brockovich and all those movies that he did. And this was an all-star cast. I mean, the, yeah. br- the remake was all-star, but not as this all-star. But the
1: three leading ladies were... Lauren... What we got? We got McCall. Lauren Bacall, uh, Jacqueline Bisset. Yeah. Uh, all... Uh, Leading ladies in their day, some yeah. of them are older. Oh yeah, yeah. That one out.
2: older older woman was in this, but we also have Sean Connery, Anthony Perkins, the guy from Psycho, York. Uh, who is it? Michael York. Michael York was <laughs> really belly. great. Yeah, he was he was awesome in this movie. Uh, who, who else was in this movie? Uh, uh, Jack
1: Lund- was Jack London. Who was this friend? His friend. That, oh yeah that yeah, that yeah. Owned, no uh, Martin Balsam. Balsam. Martin
2: Balsam. Uh, just all. Big cast, and that main guy that uh, that was kind of the uh, the guy who died was his famous uh, Widmark, I think is his last name. So, what's going on? Murder of the Orient Express. It's, in, I, I'll try not to reveal the thing because the whole idea is, and uh, we knew the end of it obviously. They sort of used
1: the the uh, Lindbergh.
2: Yeah, it Kidnapping was kind of it, as, was, it was very similar the, to that Lindbergh. So what's going on is this? It's just a normal train kind of ride. Well, you think it's a normal train ride, I and uh, this one scumbag apparently was on the uh, and you find this out after he dies. So you at the very beginning of the movie you meet this kind of all colorful cast and you don't know how they're involved in this, and you just realize. Uh, it's just a complete accident that Martin Balsam invites his friend, the most notorious detective in, like, the entire world, onto the train. And what happens is a murder happens. Like, that first night, someone wakes up, and uh, Albert Finney's got to jump into action and figure out what's going on. And whoever did this horrific murder just happened to, uh, uh, just happened to do it when, like, like when basically Sherlock Holmes is on the friggin uh, train with you and you get to see him just break it down uh, from that first point when you find out because at first you you think it's somebody else that got murdered you don't even know who his true identity is and then he did this crazy thing with a hat box and he burned uh, he added wax to something and it, it brought like the signature to the surface of this piece of paper that he burned right before he went to sleep and he had signed it and he signed it the name that it, uh, Eddie in his actual that and, name
1: but then- Beverly Hills did Cop? he do it? Maybe. Oh yeah, he did it. In, uh, in the, damn, I totally glue? forgot about
2: that. now uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two. Yeah, yeah, in, uh in the aquarium. In the aquarium. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> totally did that. <laughs> and uh,
1: Ingrid Bergman was the other. Ingrid girl. Bergman. Yeah, yeah. she's so
2: good. And uh, so he. Knowing the name, it was big because the name was a guy who was affiliated with this kidnapping, like the Lindbergh baby of this child, and a horrific guy. And so now he's like, "Well, this is a guy that anyone could have killed because he was a fucking scumbag." And maybe it was his uh, his assistant, and maybe it was this. So he basically, the whole movie is he's got to interview all these different passengers and kind of put together who had the alibi, who had the motive to be able to do but this. But it was having. almost like
1: Clue. It was Clue. It was very Clue on everybody a train.
2: Had also a movie that could be easily done as a play. It's, it's interesting when you look down these movies, several of these movies could be done as a play. Several of them couldn't, but number seven could be, uh, oh, easily be done as a play. I would love to it do seven. Uh, as a play, for, for a sure. Play. And Murray, Murray Express is that way, too. I mean, in the remake, they did a couple uh, scenes. Like, the ending, the the big ending reveal and everything was done outside the train. They, they were at in like the in one? the snow. Like, outside in the snow, right up against the barrier and everything. So that's where it was kind of revealed, which didn't take anything away. It was very yeah. well-done compared to the original. It's funny, the
1: uh, original had a 27-person cast, and the new one, 100-plus. Yeah,
2: and there's only, like, the those characters that are the main ones are the only big, big characters, but they're big, like Josh Gad and uh, Johnny Depp, and mm-hmm. every single one of them was huge, but Kenneth Branagh, who Johnny Depp so... Play. Damn, I haven't watched it since I just watched rewatched the old one, and I just ordered the... Uh, it actually should be in the mail today, so I'll have to let you know who plays what character in there, because it would be interesting, uh, because the, the characters were... They were all rich socialites, like, uh, I don't, shouldn't even be talking to you. I'm, you're kind of beneath me type of thing. But I think they all realized uh, shortly afterwards that, man, we have, like, this master detective here that's going to figure it all out. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, it was just that – and Sydney Millen is – That's if pretty, you're it's into, pretty shitty luck
1: yeah. if you're going to plan this conspiracy yeah murder, that's what i'm saying He's the uh, greatest detective get like, on the thing i think can we should, do this tomorrow yeah this is gonna where does he get off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's getting off two stops let's wait okay, until this yeah, us let's, uh, let's hold back <laughs> this. and mm. uh
2: it it kind of makes sense this is probably the perfect pod for us to do without justin because justin's not into he's a lot of movies his that, right now i know he, you say he that. said i wish i was here uh no, because these are slow movies. Uh, Sydney Lament does slow I'm movies. To say and he Justin, can slow? Justin's not a uh, a slow He's movie guy. He's more of a he John just, Wick, Fast Furious. Type he just guy. watched Midsummer <laughs> and he couldn't. He, he barely could get through it because it was so slow. And I said, I told you, I said it was Justin slow when when I got out of it because, uh, but he tried to do it anyways. Uh, and I love slow movies, man. I love slow I love it. I, mean, I could hear that detective talk for an ex- extra hour in Murder yeah. on the Orient uh-huh. Express. It would be totally fine with me. So a lot of Lament's movies are like that. Not that he doesn't have action. There's a lot of action in his movies. Just It kind of intertwined a lot more talking uh, in some of his movies but Maria Orient Express like Dave said it's like Clue you just go in there and you get entertained and it's really great and you usually don't get this level of actors I mean those guys John Gielgud was in it too we didn't mention him man it's just so many great actors after another actor I mean there was so many Oscar winners on that train it was incredible so yeah check out the old 1974 version if you can do it but if, if you like it or if you don't like it, watch the new one, because the new one is just as entertaining. Same story. All right, this next one. <clears throat> great movie here, man. And this was his second outing with the great uh, Al Pacino. Now, wild movie. This is another one that you could easily tell people, oh, you want to see the 70s kind of gritty movies? Oh, yeah. This is the one. And this is 1975's Dog Day Afternoon. Yep. Uh, so good, man. And I like bank
1: robbery movies, too. Now,
2: what was... He picks all the good subjects. And, man, this was one of the movies that you got to see... Um, I don't. I, I hate to just call him Fredo because he's such a great Fredo. actor. But he is the Fredo. deer hunter, dude. Uh, yeah, and he's deer hunter. John. I, I want to say it starts with a C. John Cazale or something like that. He's so good. He died super super young. Uh, so, but in that short period of time, he had done like five incredible, like Oscar worthy movies and everything. And he just put in a great performance. And Dog Day Afternoon
1: was one of them. Were they brothers in this movie? Um, I you know I couldn't really even get the yeah. sense of that. I, they didn't go into that at all, huh? They, they, I think I want to say that they were uh, how long because
2: they the movie started with them just basically in the going bank. into the bank. Oh, yeah. they were already they were in the re- bank, or, or they were in going the bank. in. They were walking in the bank. In the That's started. what I love about Sidney Lamette. Very similar to like Twelve Angry Men. They're like, let's get this freaking thing started, man. Let's let's go in there and do this. And it's basically about a botched bank robbery.
1: Yeah. You know, it's about a couple morons that didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. They, and they got into they, the bank they and they showed were over up their in the head. bank. They were told that money was being dropped off, yeah. but it, when it was being picked up. So when they got to the bank, there was only like eleven hundred bucks. It already been picked up. All the money had already been Uh, picked up, and And you're already in there. And then people, so they spent extra time trying to get traveler's checks. And and what happened, and what screwed the whole thing up, is so when you get traveler's checks, there's a registry for these checks, so Uh they can cross-reference which ones were paid for and which ones weren't. Back then, you had a registry. He burned the registry, which would make the other ones. (laughs) Like would make all the checks, you wouldn't be able to look them up, so you'd have to assume they were already paid for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what happened is the fire alerted somebody outside, uh-huh. the smoke alerted somebody outside, who alerted the cops, and the cops were there pretty damn quick. Oh yeah, and, and it by, was kind and of, by that time they were like screwed. This it. must have been a nightmare movie. I don't know if oh, you remember the crowds, the crowds outside. Yeah, We're cheering them like oh, it almost yeah. was like a like a theatrical production. Like, he was playing this for the was cameras. This was big
2: for, for uh, lament too, because a lot of his other movies before this were really small and contained. And like you said, well, the inside stuff, the stuff on the set must have been great because yeah. they just got to do that. But the stuff outside, just wild. There must have been it was a like thousand it, people in every shot. It, it almost turned into a different movie halfway in the middle of it because the crowds, it, it was a great kind of satire of New York itself. Oh, yeah. how, how much the crowds just turned and were eventually against the cops yeah. and rooting for the cr- criminals. I'm sure that... And they were like, this was the famous Attica, Attica. If people (laughs) have heard that
1: quote, this is what it's from. I remember growing up and hearing reports of New Yorkers cheering for people to jump when they would get on the roof. They would be encouraging people to jump. It's like New York, New York, man. man. They're, they're hardcore. Uh, yeah, they're, they they're, just they're, want to see something happen. They, yeah, they <laughs> want to see something happen that's negatively impacts somebody else, so they yeah. feel better about it's themselves. Crazy. <laughs> mm. uh, but, but it was great. And it had the it
2: had some twists in it. Like when Chris Sarandon showed up, and Chris Sarandon was his uh, his his gay transgender uh, his transgender gay lover. Mm. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah.
1: And it, uh, Sal's the. Um, Fredo's lover. Oh,
2: it was Fredo's lover? It yeah. Wasn't Al Pacino's? Oh, okay, it was Fredo's, and it was played by the great Chris Sarandon, who everybody, a lot of people you know, know for the, the vampire from Fright Night. Yeah. He was he's the brother of Susan Sarandon, and uh, <laughs> the he, he's done stat. that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the cop from uh, Child's Play. I love Chris Sarandon forever, but when you're watching it, you're like, "Holy shit, that's Chris Sarandon
1: in drag!" Yeah, <laughs> and it, it was great. He too. was trying to get the the money was to get him a sexual. Yeah, central re- re- reassignment, reassignment yeah. surgery. You
2: know, so this was like way before its time. Some of the stuff and the subject matters that were completely New York and just kind of uh, great. But it was how Albacino eventually started
1: owning that crowd outside, and it was well, picking them he up. Threw the money in the air. Yeah, he was basically giving the money away, and the crowds were toppling each other, get money. Man. And then you see the cops, who were two, were trying to grab some money. That yeah, was... What
2: was the the main cop? He was the guy from uh, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, the guy that was. Uh, Speaking uh, McCann? No, uh, no, no, no. Oh, he was the—he was the guy who was running for mayor. Uh, he was the one. Uh, yeah, he, he was also the guy from the Muppet movie that was chasing down Kermit the Frog yep. to get his frogs. Like yeah, I can't that's remember. That's what uh, Damn, remember. I can't remember his fucking name. Charles Durning. Charles Durning. Charles Durning. Charles Durning was one of the cops and tons of character actors in this movie. This is such a fun, fun movie. If you can, if you can deal with those seventies dated from, movies. Uh, Pumpkinhead. Oh, Lance Henderson. Yeah, Lance Henderson. But I don't think he had a speaking role. No. I don't think he had a. Sp- no, I think a lot of New York actors. If you were a New York actor, there's no way that oh, you weren't. A that you weren't in helped. a Sidney Lament movie yeah. as a background player or something like that, man. And I, I can just imagine that there's probably some moviegoers that don't like that 70s kind of theme or the 70s kind of feel from movies. But man, that it, shaky. It's the last time that it the, had there like was that, some that shaky much of a, shots that were uh, almost I mean, like
1: unwatchable. At some oh point. yeah. I mean, not that What's the 80s find?
2: didn't have that, but the 70s really had that look where it was just gritty as hell. You could tell that, like, you hear the stories about French Connection where you hear that William Victor, uh, or not William Victor, William freaking just grabbed the uh the camera operator and slapped the camera on the front of the car and just went 90 miles an hour under that L yeah. train and everything. And you hear the stories like that, and you watch it, and you're like, that's totally what they did. You could totally see can't them do doing that. can't do
1: anymore, that. unless you do guerrilla style. But, no, I mean— in, even guerrilla style, like we did it. We still had insurance. And those were
2: big movies. (laughs) They weren't doing it because they... I, they probably could have went through the logistics of shutting stuff down. They were just they were on a budget. They, these do, yeah. young directors were like, if you could go, bring a movie in under budget uh, and it would make money, you would make your next movie. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. And uh, that, that was always Spielberg our Spielberg
1: tried to get a real shark, but he wouldn't qualify. Yeah, no, I know.
2: Mean, that that <laughs> was always our plus. I think we're making mm-hmm. movies of going under budget and sticking to a, a timetable. And I think that's schedule. what a lot of producers big and kind plan, of thing is. plan plan plan. Oh, and yeah. plan again.
1: Absolutely. We've you're you're done planning plans more. Yep.
2: If you're an independent filmmaker, <laughs> that make sure you plan for every possible the scenario. The movie has to
1: be shot in your head. Yep. Don't and, go in and half And caught. in a
2: notebook. Yep. Take an extra month. We would take six months to plan a fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, Shot by shot. Shot by shot. We knew exactly. We knew the clothes. We, we knew, knew everything. We who would,
1: needed to l- yep. look like you had pictures Because even who,
2: doing that, we would show up, yeah. and like eight things would go wrong. Yep. And you mm-hmm. would have to immediately, as long yeah. as your other stuff is right, but then you could But eight things just going up wrong up. is not that bad. Yeah, And you'd have to Because arg- there could have
1: been 200 things that went wrong. Yep.
2: You have arguments with other crew members and everything, and the, sometimes they're good arguments, sometimes they're bad arguments. I remember when they were like convinced that we were. Oh,
1: they're like, <laughs> you're. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna require. This is what she said to me. She pulled me in the corner. Tell about that scene. So, what so would- the scene was is was a, a chaotic scene in a laboratory where the camera was going to be following two or three people around in a circle that were arguing and angry, and you there were supposed to be images on all the computer monitors, yeah. and basically the camera was going to have to pick up all those images. So what we had planned to do that wasn't
2: filmed yet. So we had
1: pre-recorded. Yeah. images and black and white, yeah. and we're just going to play them on the computer monitors. We had a digital
2: effects guy that was going to superimpose them on the computer yeah, screens. Yeah, but he convinced us. He's like, I can do it. Yep, no. He problem. had to invent
1: his own proprietary. He yeah. probably made a lot of money down the line. Maybe. Bed. And he, I told
2: him, I said, there's going to be people walking in front of those camera uh, He's these, like, uh, I can do screens. frame by frame. He said, don't worry about it. He says, it'll look like that's playing in the background during your scene. And
1: so we told the... The one of the lighting people yeah. on the set she was sort of she had more almost more film experience than we did to be yeah. honest with you because she went to school for it yeah, yeah. and so she pulled me aside and she said you're going to need Peter Jackson level <laughs> special effects <laughs> yeah. guy to make this work yeah. you're gonna, you're, they didn't the believe that. the decision us. you're making right now is going to ruin this movie yeah. so I just want you to know that so when it, you ruin this movie yeah. You can say that you had a chance to fix it and you didn't. <laughs> that said, was one of those I said, things. You're not helping anything. <laughs> yeah, I no. said we, we have to do this. It was a time thing. Yeah, we couldn't sync up. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. We couldn't sync up the images that needed to have been shown because we needed the image to show the the other people in the cells freaking out just as much. So it was that dual chaos. Yeah. and it was like we had to take
2: a leap of faith. We took a leap and, of faith, uh, and uh, it, it was worked for us. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not always a time where you can look back and be like, ah, we nailed that one. But you couldn't,
1: couldn't. You couldn't. I, I would give you money if you could if you could pick out where those swipes didn't work. No. They know. all
2: worked. They looked great. I think that was definitely so, uh shout out to our boy. Yeah, our boy uh what's his name? Damn. Now I now I got to think of his name. Ah, damn, what the hell was that guy, guy's name? I haven't talked to him in freaking 10 years. Damn. He probably man. worked
1: for he probably worked for 3 cents an hour. Damn. Ah, sorry
2: we'll mention it in the next pod i'll just throw that name out of nowhere okay we do owe him a mention because he yeah. took a bus up here remember? yeah he's real good he was a he was a kind of a now i don't know if i want to name him because i was gonna, i was gonna say he was kind of out of his mind he was crazy he was just young and kind of eccentric. you need a guy that's out of their mind that motherfucker hung out at my house and i i must have seen 12 different personalities really? come out of him nice. just because he was so crazy <laughs> but he was good he was really good at what he, he would have been good in dog day afternoon he would a bunch of crazy people in that movie too. uh all right this next one this is one of my favorites, man. And this is one of the yeah. great satires because it's also one of those movies you think you start watching one movie and you think you're watching it and then you realize, oh my God, this isn't a drama. This is a satire right here that we're watching. And this is 1976 Network. And if you haven't seen this movie, man, go see this movie, man. It does not make the TV production companies <laughs> look really good. <laughs> and it, it's great to watch now because you, it's it's got like things of fox news in yeah. your head when yeah. you're watching you can't watch this and not think oh my god this is like shady fox and it news And immediately
1: made me think of that florida broadcast reporter who uh it wasn't the same as this so i'm not ruining the ending but she shot herself on live tv oh really yeah oh man Christine... i remember the senator up in uh that Jersey senator Chabot. that did it yeah, that yeah.
2: we saw on uh, Faces of Death when, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. when he told people calm down get out of the room if this is going to cause you uh, issues and everything and then he just put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger and yeah, the, yeah. blood came out like it, he someone turned on a faucet yeah. It was like insane I, wish I had never watched those yeah no yeah they they didn't benefit my life any they the, certainly the scared the I was young too man really we, we stuck were with young me for a while I mean I must have been ten so you were probably the car accident or ones
1: with dead bodies didn't bother me but the, the animal ones Ooh. The animal ones, the, those I the don't even mention them because I because I forgot. Well, the those. cruelty
2: to animals, but even the animals to people, man. I yeah. It's yeah. Just the, the the barracuda the, and the uh, man. It was yeah. it was bad, man. Uh, anyways, a network. Race, <laughs> <a race>. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with network is you're dealing with the shady ratings are everything, and uh, and this is a company that's not one of the big ones. You know, it's kind of low in ratings and everything. And at the very beginning of that's the movie shot number one. One, really. <laughs> one of their uh, their star kind of anchors, and I, I love how no one in the booth is even half paying attention to what he says. So at the beginning of the movie, he he's in the middle of his kind of nightly dialogue and all of a sudden, he says, tune in next Thursday. Next Thursday, I'm going to kill myself on the air. And then they... I uh, mean, if you want to get ratings, that's the way you do And it. he says it and everyone in the booth is just talking amongst <laughs> each other until someone came in and he said, did you hear just... I think it was Howard. Was it Howard? Yeah. He's Howard Beale, I think. He yep. said... Howard just said he was going to kill himself next Thursday on like, the air. And they're like, no, no, seriously, that, that's what he said. And it starts going, <laughs> piling up. And uh, some of the great people in this movie, we have the great Ned Beatty, who just came in to own this movie in oh, like 10 he, minutes him, at the end. Him,
1: <laughs> giving that speech to him at the, edge, was it was at the so table. Was Might just, have been one of the best things he's yeah. ever done, oh, God. Uh, just dialog And wise. then that girl I have a crush on. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway, yep, Faye Dunaway. Dunaway was
2: in it. Yeah, William Holden was great in it. So William Holden played kind of uh, the, the main guy's kind of good friend and this kind of all toppled down uh where they immediately fired him they were like you can't do that on the air and then the the calls started coming in they were like holy shit we're actually getting ratings we're we're getting like really great ratings and we we can't Take him off the air yet? And they this is the the infancy. I'm wondering when it started with Fox yeah. News where they realized oh bad news is good news, and uh, this is what kind of the people in New York want to say. So they decided to all right we're not going to fire you. We're going to keep you on the air and we want and you the, to well, stop.
1: Grant every time you go out yeah. and he just becoming he's the one that came up with that famous yeah that was like mad as hell and I'm not going to take it. Yeah anymore. He, he goes on the but air he, and he, he tells
2: people to uh, he tells people to open their window and scream, scream at, at the top out. of their lungs yeah. and then they actually show people doing it and then they done is like loving it she's on the phone and like they're doing it in california they're doing it in new york and she's loving it and they were like this guy's a ratings whore man
1: or she's a ratings Look, whore man she was, she was like, like she she found revolutionaries yeah this and one i take this footage. one best picture uh they were taking footage remember she asked the revolutionaries to rob banks and film it and give her the footage
2: it was it's insane what she was willing to go through and back at the time it was kind of uh it was a laughable satire, but yeah. now you could imagine it had happened. I'm looking up right now and see if it won. It won four Oscars. Uh, let me see what Oscars it won. It won uh, best leading role for Peter um, for Peter Finch. Faye Dunaway uh, won for leading role. Uh, best supporting actors in the supporting role was Beatrice Strait. She won the Oscar. Who the hell was she in this? That's very interesting. Was oh, she uh, black? She was the was no. She, the she was the one. She was the one woman that was married to William Holden. That was the, oh. the same woman from Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the one that came in to clear the house first. The redheaded woman. Yep. I, I thought it was interesting when I was watching. it. I was looking it up and I was like, wow, she did put a great performance yeah. in, but it was so small. That was back in the day where you could do it like it. they've done it today. Not much though, uh, where a supporting actor could do like a six minute scene and then win an Oscar for it. And you are like, holy crap! Like Beatty, Beatty could have won one uh, for that thing. So it just keeps getting more laughable and laughable as the time goes on where what are they willing to do to uh, to make this happen. And it has this crazy crazy ending that I won't ruin for everybody, but it, the, the it discussion in like the room, this, the starts starts, discussion in the
1: room was yeah. about that what the ending was going to be yeah. was it, it, it was so almost like a pitch place. section, a pitch yeah. session to to literally how yeah. can we and it was the most diabolical Yeah. It's the network is really the best movie that
2: I can uh, explain to somebody of a really great drama that's wrapped in this incredible satire, uh, just poking fun of the uh, a certain business. This this one being the networks and everything. And it's a shame that it's what was a satire in the '70s is now real life. Now, I mean, I mean this this that. What was it? The OANN network that Trump's pumping now because he, he's almost had it with Fox News. I there's a, there's another network. Probably. If you watch John, uh, John Oliver did a whole, um, uh, that that late What's night with John for? Oliver. Uh, I'm not sure what it stands for, Old but he did a whole episode on that late night. America? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he did a whole episode about that being like the new Fox News, and it was insane. He was pulling the clips up and the stuff they were saying. I was like, this is network. This is network right here, man. It's insane. All right. This next movie, 1981. This is one of my top 50 favorite movies of all time. Yep. I've always loved Treat Williams, and this was also the second in the uh, the trilogy <laughs> of this. police corruption movies. <laughs> uh, had that great line. He says, I don't trust anyone but my partners. You know, uh, and... It was all about police corruption. But like we said earlier, was the difference between Serpico... Serpico never took any money. This guy, Danny... Uh, his name was Danny. Chelio. Danny Chelio, yeah. Uh, also, based on a real story, him and he had a small crew of people. Uh, Jerry Orbach was on his crew. Yep. The other guy from Midnight Run, yep. who was the uh, the guy he called Moron Number 1. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Dennis Franz called him that. or uh, Yeah, Dennis Farina. Uh, and uh, it was he was taking money him and his crew were taking drug drug money for years and years and years but he was doing shady shit like uh a lot of it was him dealing was with the informants beat, too he beat he, up
1: that one dr- drug yeah, dealer to, to, to give get drugs. drugs
2: for an informant so that, who yeah. he needed as an informant so he basically was like a drug supplier for it and everything and it was really crazy and i, I loved that the, so it so it happened early on you know we, you could see it. He was troubled by what he was doing, but it really went into it uh, early on that uh, that he wanted a change. It was weighing on him, you know. And he yeah. actually went to the people.
1: I think they found him, right? No, he went to them. Uh, he went to them. And the thing is, they gave him a chance. They're like, "Okay, we know that you aren't squeaky clean. Yeah. You can tell us right. Tell yeah. us the three things that you've done right now." Yeah. And he lists three things. These and he done. also said,
2: "I'm never giving up my partners. Don't ask me to give up my partners. Yep. I'll give everyone up in the whole friggin' thing." Not realizing that eventually that will trickle down to. Well, the those problem partners.
1: was is that, and as you as the movie went on, the partners were getting worried, yep. and they were like, "And the, like, higher the higher ups, the higher ups, like Brian Balaban yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, we 'We don't give a shit who uh, if they were your
2: partners, or not you're giving them up or you're going to prison.' You know, yeah. and then uh it, what, was a very slow. It was a very burn. slow movie, and I loved it because of that. I, when I owned the V8, VCR,
1: it must have been uh, two tapes. It was two
2: tapes. The, did it? Was it the two discs that I gave you? Yeah. Did it? Was it on two discs? Yeah. Oh, that's why I gave you both discs because sometimes I include those second discs in my uh, those things because it has a good documentary on it and everything. But for, a part of me was like, I think it includes half the movie. It was half. <laughs> so the I'm glad I'm glad it did it. And that really happens with DVDs where they have to break the movie up into it two was parts. Three hours and 20 yeah, it's minutes like or three hours twenty, it, which is it nowadays is long. you can get. It all you could get but. that all in one disc for sure. Uh, I'm. Certainly wasn't the Blu-ray. I don't think they ever did a Blu-ray for it. But what it complicated for this was he had a cousin in the mob. You yep. know, I love that scene where they had. He's stand... famous.
1: He's in almost every mob movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah Mob yeah. TV show. You've definitely ever, seen him ever. if you've seen a mob movie before.
2: Yeah. I love when they brought the other mob guys brought him up to the uh, to where his yeah. cousin was oh, yeah. having. They were uh, gonna whack him. They right were gonna there. whack him. He says, if you if he stands for you and uh, vouches for you, we're not gonna kill you right here. And they had to actually go across the street, and you could see him looking over and them talking to him and everything, and then they just cleared. And he, and he was but he was cocky too yeah well he was, he was still like,
1: at that point he was wearing a wire you know and it, yeah. it, he had it strapped to like his balls or when something he met the guy in the diner he's yeah. like he told him right up he's like i'm wearing a wire it's under my nuts and he yeah. tried to get him to grab him in the nuts yeah. and the guy wouldn't
2: do it yeah and at some point he didn't want to wear a wire he's like fuck this it, it yeah. leaked on him one point too like the battery acid was like on his leg and everything but he they, was too
1: they the one every every once in a while i'll see a mistake in the film mm-hmm. in a film and i'll it'll be funny to me yeah but it burned his chest. Yeah. So he 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 had he had shaving cream, and and they showed him he was going to shave all his chest hair. Yeah. And then like in the next scene, he has gone. No, he just had a bunch of chest hair. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like I'm, I not love, shaving, I'm not really shaving my. I head. love the,
2: that they got the guy from um, I can't remember his name. Great character actor from uh, my cousin Vinnie to be his uh, bodyguard remember towards the last half of the movie where they were, he was helping him follow his family around? Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. He was the prosecutor. Yeah, yeah, He was really, really good. He was also the dad from Son-in-Law. He's not with us anymore. Lane Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Lane Smith. Good. He was really good, really young, but he had that voice, man. You can't mistake that voice anywhere. But the great Treat Williams, man, Treat Williams, it flies under a lot of people's radars. This is a, another one of Mendoza's uh, favorite movies. Oh, it's so good, man. And if you... We watched Treat Williams so much we were younger because we watched 1941. 1941 <laughs> yeah. was... He was so funny in it, and then... <laughs> I loved him in Dead Heat, that kind of, like, cheesy-ass 80s horror movie. He's in a movie, movie. like,
1: but I can't remember which one it was.
2: Uh, trying to think of other Treat Williams. He did, TV is his big deal right now. He does a lot of TV and does a lot of TV movies and everything. I think he's kind of moved to that because the schedule works for, like, that kind of older actor and everything. But he was great, man. I always loved Treat Williams, and I always felt like he could have gone really far. But uh, in my opinion, Prince of the City is one of his best. I remember dating a girl once, and she, she immediately got, like, cool points for me when she was looking through my movies. Movies and she's like, "Oh, you got Prince of the City," and I was like, "Holy shit!" I don't think I've ever even met anyone that's heard of Prince of the City, so I'm like super stoked that she was a fan of it. Uh, all right, and this next movie, he's got Sydney Lumet's got two major movies in 1982. Man, uh, also another one that was our mom's favorite movie. It's also on my top. It's uh, in my top 25. It, in top 25, yeah. really, man. Yeah. I would put it in my top 50. I don't think i put it in my top 25. He's just so many goddamn movies. But uh, it was... Yeah, These sounds are brought to you by the female cardinals in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> so this next one is 1982's Death Trap. Oh, God, man. It's such a great movie. I was explaining it to my wife the other day, and I was like, I was like, you don't understand, man. I said, there's basically only four actors in this movie, and it's so exciting and just tense. Uh,
1: why don't you tell us a little bit of the kind of the premise leading up so to... So Michael Caine... It, it, on the face, what, yeah. you, what you think it is, yeah. Michael Caine is, and we can ruin married, this because it, 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 okay. it kind of the spo- it spoils it spoils it. midway in the movie. Yeah,
2: but it and it doesn't really ruin the movie for you at all. It actually even uh, makes you anticipate
1: it more from me. Yeah. So the um, the premise is Michael Caine is a successful writer, probably a yeah. has been Play writer. writer. playwright, yeah, playwright, and uh, his he lives with his wife. His wife, you find out early on, has a heart condition. Diane Cannon played very brilliant. Cannon. Diane Cannon, yeah, and um, so he's he, like a fledgling,
2: you know. He's he's like the has been, you know. He's had his big hits, and he's having trouble yeah, to get another he, big hit. So he,
1: I, I, somebody set up a meeting with him and the new up and coming hot up and coming yep. writer yep. who wanted to get some tips on yep. how to make it. So he shows up. He I think he gives him the script to read. And he shows up at the house. Yeah, well, Michael came before that, Michael Mike- Caine has had it
2: out with his wife saying, man, yeah. this motherfucker has got probably the best script I've yeah. ever read. Yeah. And he says, and he just pisses me off. Yeah. He says, I can't stand it. And he, he kind of sets up the fact that he does not like, and yeah. it, mm-hmm. we should mention, the... the, the brilliantly played. Probably the best thing he's ever done is Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm. A lot of people argue that, obviously, because he was Superman. He was done all these great stuff. Noises Off. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Noises Off, always (laughs) one of the best. But if you go back and you watch Christopher Reeve in this, my, my wife always thinks he's creepy, and it always hits me somehow like in a pit of my stomach where it pisses me off and I was like don't you dare say shit about Christopher Reeve <laughs> I don't know why she's allowed to like who, like who she treasure. doesn't like I was like yeah it's like he's an American fucking treasure you watch your mouth <laughs> and I don't even care about the Superman
1: movies but I mean
2: he's like why are you getting a divorce she said she didn't like goddamn Christopher Reeve <laughs> divorce granted <laughs>
1: irreconcilable differences <laughs> So yeah, go ahead. Continue. So, so he invites this, this new guy, this new guy over, and I think he finds out that he hasn't shown it to a publisher or yeah. anything yet. Yeah. Like, Michael Caine <laughs> K- 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 like the something. first person. So he, Michael Caine, had this crazy collection of vintage weapons and cost Houdini and stuff, Houdini, Houdini yeah. tricks and all kinds of stuff. And so he tells he, he he puts on these handcuffs and he and he breaks out of them. Yeah, and then. He, Michael Caine gives Christopher Reeve the handcuffs. He's going to do it. Give it, so it a whirl. He, yeah, give it a whirl. So, so he, uh, he does it, and he's like... And it, it, as an audience member, this is all you know at this point. Yeah. You know but that he's jealous of Christopher Eve. You could tell something shady is
2: going on, and it yeah. doesn't help that Diane Cannon is. She knows that something's going on. She knows going something's on, going on. Which I don't know what that says about Michael Caine, that she thinks that Michael Caine's going to do something yeah. horrible. And it, even at some point, she's like... Please don't do this, Sydney. My heart can't take it. Yeah, yeah. and 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 you don't know what he didn't. And and Christopher Reeve doesn't know what he's talking about.
1: So, sure enough, he he, he grabs some chains Mm -hmm. from like a chainmail, like a thing you swing with the violently, violently strangles him.
2: And that's the only weird thing is that Christopher Reeve is massive. Christopher Reeve would yeah, take down uh, yeah, <laughs> Michael Caine, <laughs> the <laughs> the even in Michael handcuffs, Cain. He would have flipped him over that thing, <laughs> and he would have taken him out. But you know, Michael Caine literally just strangles Christopher Reeve to death in front of his wife, yep. and his wife is screaming the whole like, time and everything. And drop dead, and, then, and uh, they bury him out back in she the woods. He, he makes her help. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, we'll go back to the scene here in a second once we reveal what's going on here. Well, go ahead. Well, so... so
1: They go to sleep. They bury the body. They go to bed. Big storm happens. And uh, Christopher Reeve jumps through the back window. Covered in dirt. Covered in dirt and like dried blood. And you're like, as
2: a viewer, you're like, holy shit, he was still alive. And they buried him alive. And now he's coming alive. uh,
1: And Diane Cannon jumps out of bed and all of a sudden drops dead. Yep, drops dead. Of a heart of attack,
2: a, <laughs> and then you're, you you see you're Michael, like, Holy you see Christopher Reeve kind of approaching Michael Caine. You are yeah. like, oh my God, he's going to kill gonna Michael Kane. Cain. Cain. And then what happens?
1: One of the first on-screen male kisses. Gives him the biggest kiss you've ever kiss seen. There's no way two any
2: viewer in 1982 saw this. Wait into that cone. No. Like, oh, it's crazy. Superman just kissed Mike. Yeah. And you realize this thing was a whole plot, and they thought that just strangling yeah. would have killed her. Yeah. And they, that's what they were hoping for. They they were lovers that wanted their wives' money, and wanted uh, Diane Cannon's uh, money, mm-hmm. and they were going to do this kind of script together and everything, yeah. so they came up with this huge plot. And when she didn't die of the heart attack, yeah. they improvised, well, we'll have to kill him. And they must have in the background knew that this was going to be a possibility and but jumping through
1: the window but they didn't they didn't technically kill her yeah and this was i mean technically they didn't kill her they didn't they didn't it, it so really kind of was one of the perfect just, crimes yeah i mean they could have said hey we're messing around and she died yep. i mean yeah I mean, this is what happens. And Don't this, live next this, door to a psychic, the, either. That's the And that sounds this. like the movie itself, but this is like the middle of the movie.
2: So then the rest of the movie, it's where Christopher Reeve and Michael Caine are slowly turning on each other. Uh, yep. You know, And then it, it works into this amazing kind of scene at the end where they're kind the of only running other around. shows up. It's like the neighbor next door, remember? Yeah, the neighbor she next was door like was like a, a psychic. psychic yep. And she's like, oh, something bad happened yeah, in this yeah, uh, house. Yeah. I know it, and it happened right here, and it happened with this. And you're like, holy crap, this woman's going to ruin everything. And so they start turning so it. So easy to write it. Right and, oh, psychic God, into a script. It's, it's such <laughs> it's a great script, man. It, it's so fun to watch this movie. I, this is one of those movies just... Talking about it makes me want to go inside oh, yeah. and watch it because mm-hmm. it's so good. Uh, do you own this movie? I do not. Man, I'll have to find it for you because I see it all the
1: time for like two bucks, and, and I don't. No think one, no one appreciates it. I swear, it. I've seen it. I've shown it to Maria, but yeah. if I hadn't, she would like this movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'll, I'll try to find it for you uh, if I can uh, find it. it. It's such a great, great, fantastic movie that's, that's got like a. Horrible DVD release for it. Never been released on Blu-ray, and they never play it on TV. And it's one of those ones that you could list ten Michael Caine movies that people's favorite Michael Caine movies, and Death Trap won't be one of them. And it absolutely should be. So great! All right, this next movie, one of my favorite courtroom movies of all time, and this is 1982's The Verdict. Yeah. Now, how well do you have you do you remember um, The Verdict? Decent, decent. It's been two decades. It's, it's seeing Paul Newman, right? Paul Newman. You've got Jack Warden. Uh, you got that Charlotte woman that's in all of. Uh, I want to say her name is Charlotte Rampart. She's in all of. Uh, what's that dancer in the dark uh, guy's name? Oh, um, uh. Friggin'. Ah, uh, damn Lars von Trier, she's in a lot of Lars von Trier movies. He, she just does, Happy She's all right with <laughs> fucked up stuff. She was in uh, Melancholia. She was really good. She was in Dexter. Remember, she was the. Uh, she was towards the end of Dexter. She played the doctor that knew what he was doing and was kind of cool with what he was doing. She had that kind of hardened face. She looks hmm. like an old German. Oh yeah, actress. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 yeah. She's really good. She was super young in the uh, Verdict, and uh, so what's going on is you've got Paul Newman, who. In a role that you never get to see Paul Newman play, he was a he drunk, very right. He was kind of he wasn't an overt drunk, but you could tell that he probably was on the sauce he, so his much. His career that, got
1: fucked up. He either got set up or he did something shady. He or, was just
2: trying to kind of he was he was trying to make something happen with his his law practice you know he couldn't get a good case no matter what he did and finally a good case came across his well i think his, one of his
1: friends felt bad for him and threw him something that should have been a slam dunk yeah, it should have been a slam dunk and it, was, and it would have God been was just going to plead it out which that's what everybody everyone, involved thought it was going to everyone besides him even the people that were had the lawsuit yeah, they got pissed at him yeah, at some point they when they angry, found out that he, he's like i it.
2: heard that you could have got two hundred and ten thousand uh, dollars that's what the deal was and you turn it down what the fuck are you doing yeah. he says we need that money i said we're trying to survive so what's going on is, you've got this one woman who goes into. Uh, it's like a medical malpractice. Uh, it's a medical malpractice, but the uh, the diocese owns the hospital. That's right. So the diocese is trying to cover up, and what actually happens is it was, fix- it was like a fix- uh, something happens when she's given the anesthesia. Something happened. What was wrong? She didn't. And what it hit out, eaten, right? She had eaten uh, one. Uh, you weren't allowed to uh, eat one hour before the surgery, is what it was. And uh, on the paperwork, it said that she had eaten, uh, uh, well, it was doctored. It said that they said one, It and said he one, just didn't read it. No, somebody doctored. Someone changed no, someone the one changed to, a to a nine. nine yeah, someone changed after to a the nine.
1: Fact. Yeah, after the fact is what like, it was. someone didn't read it when they got brought yep, her in yep, and yep. they gave her the regular anesthesia. And tried to get
2: the nurse, went to the nurse and said, hey, I had, like, I've been working 36 straight yeah. hours
1: and this and that. I feel for some of those doctors, and, man, that they... Have you ever tried to do something for forty-eight hours straight? Like yeah, the can't do every it, man. week we filmed, by the yeah. t- end of the week I was delirious.
2: Yeah, and I've and we weren't on anything. And I hear people, no. I hear people being on Adderall and doing this and that. And I can imagine what no, the doctors are. No, I did take some
1: Adderall when I was on. Uh, Patrick's Pat Buddies. Uh, Patrick said. said
2: I never did, and, and uh, this was back in the day when I was. Uh, they had would, it in like be, a candy. Dish. Would be probably willing <laughs> to do that type of stuff too, and I just didn't. I wanted to stay focused and stayed clear as day but yeah luckily i didn't have to do my job that night for a lot of those big uh, sets and everything but i could just imagine those 36 hours well this is what happens and you're gonna have to freaking uh deal with it
1: Uh, i mean that's part of the job
2: so it was a major malpractice case and the diocese obviously was willing to pay and he was like no he he got one doctor at the very beginning of the movie and the doctor says yeah they fucked up. They killed this woman. They, she died in her own fluids. Yeah. And uh, and you put me on stand, I'll tell it. And he was like, holy fucking crap. He says, screw this 200,000. I get millions out of this. You know which movie Dude. I
1: watched a week ago? What's that? Uh, the Rainmaker. Oh, Rainmaker's another great movie, <laughs> same, man. So some, great. Sort of the same premise. One of
2: Francis Ford Coppola's movies that you'd forget that Francis Ford yeah. Coppola did it. It's one of those movies that you don't... It doesn't look like a Francis Ford Coppola movie. Uh Great behind the scenes stuff on that movie on the documentary, which yeah. shows them doing a lot of the uh, acting games and stuff that uh, that he did. And a really fun movie to watch, anyways. Uh, but Paul Newman, he, he was like, "We're gonna, this is it. We've, I'm gonna have this money spent in no time." And what happens is that doctor that. Uh, that says that he'd be on uh, screen disappears. Yeah. So now he's got nothing. Yep. He was like, "Holy crap!" Now I have to scramble, and he's going against uh, the great James Mason. Mm-hmm. Who of, uh, I love. I could listen to James Mason read the phone book for hours because he's just got that voice, I'm and sure I love. I could easily put him on like a pod just just the James Mason movies. I love everything he's done: Lolita and the Journey to the Center of the Earth and uh, the uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I just he brings so much gravitas to his uh, uh, to his roles, and he has a team of like. Eighteen, twenty people in the boardroom, and this is what we're going to do, and yeah, this is that's what we're riding to make rainmaker were like,
1: because yeah. it was just, it was just Jason yeah. Bourne, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and,
2: and it, it was the same way. It was cocky as hell, but they're looking at Paul Newman's ring, and He was like, he hasn't won a case in like friggin' ten years. He says this is going to be easy as shit. Well, he just he he had nothing to lose, you know, and that's yeah. what it was. And he just did some of that investigation work. Plus, he thought uh, it was he thought it was the right case it was the right case too and it it ended exactly how you would hope it would end and uh you actually this was one of the things where you didn't find out what the money was at the end that they were given there was a great there was a great scene at the end and this was like the big scene almost more big than like how much money they uh the diocese had to pay is when the jurors stood up and they were like we find for the uh for Paul Newman's case and everything and they were like we have a question for the uh judge and they were like do we have are we limited to the number of money we can have that we have to give can we give them more money uh can we give them more money than they uh than they asked for and uh, Paul Newman's eyes were like holy shit and uh, yeah so we never really find out how much but we, we could just imagine that the way it breaks down on the stand was similar to like uh was almost similar to like a uh, few good men when Jessup yep. just lost it on the stand is yep. everything happened in front of it. And James Mason was like this big lawyer who was just flabbergasted when they realized what actually happened and everything. And it came out in court, not outside court, which makes it that much worse, man. But such a great, great movie, man. If the gloves don't fit. Gloves don't fit. Must have quit. Must <laughs> All right. This next movie, man. And I love this movie, man. And this is, it's got some sad points to it, man. But it was such an this enjoyable one. I one. sort of remember the plot. Um,
1: so, yeah, 1988's running on empty. So he uses his guy again from Serpco.
2: Yeah. So we've got Judd Hirsch, who's famous for, from Taxi. Uh, from taxi and, uh, yeah, I mean, he's done Taxi. I, just recently great, watched him uncut in Uncut Gems. Gems. Really good in Uncut, uncut Gems, Gems, man. So good. And, uh, so you got, uh, you got Judd Hirsch, you got Christine Lottie, you got uh, Martha Pap- Plimpton, and you've Martha got Plim- River, Phoenix, River Phoenix, the, Phoenix, the great River who, Phoenix. Uh, both of the...
1: them got nominated for an Oscar. Who guess.
2: did? Uh,
1: River and Martha. Uh, and Martha,
2: wow. And they became an item for a while there, because they were in this, they were Mosquito Coast. Yeah, so they, she's always goofy uh, looking. Uh, yeah, she was a little goofy looking. Not as much as in, like, uh, was The Goonies. Goonies. Um, yeah, she was a Goonie. Uh, was a has Goonies. one of my favorite lines. I feel like I'm get- babysitting and not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line by her. Uh, <laughs> so what's going on in this is... In the past, like we're experiencing this in the present, but in the past, Christine Lottie and Judd Hirsch protested the war, uh, they the were Vietnam like revolutionary War, and they protesters. they blew up a building. And during the blowing up the building where no one was supposed to be in, they ended up killing like one of the janitors oh. and everything, and it was really bad. And they had to go on the run. They had little kids, and they took them, and they uh, ran. And Let me guess, they
1: were running on empty?
2: And they were running out of they, they, <laughs> they were just tired of running, you know, and that's what it was. Oh, they were man. just picking them up and moving them to a different I, town, and to the point where they were like, "Grab your shit." They already have their bags packed, and they've done it like six yeah. or seven times. We're going to a different town. I couldn't live and, like and, that. Oh God, it was, it was really about what they were putting these kids through. And it, what made it worse is one River of Phoenix talent, right? was a really great piano player. I think it was. Yeah, and he was gonna. He got accepted to Juilliard, and his his music teacher was like, I've never seen talent like this before. You have to go to Juilliard. And he was like, I can't. I can't. Because they were afraid that if he went to school that it would shine the light on his parents uh, and it would get them caught. And they were just constantly worried about getting caught. And so they told him a long time ago, you can't... This is the life we live. You cannot kind of go and... uh, you can't go to college, you know? And it's, or you, you can, can just tell go to what Dale, he's just going Dad. through. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's what it kept going through, man. And it, it was sad at some point because you realize, and, and they, I remember the actual moment where they actually had to, uh, they had another kid too, a son. And uh, they had to let, uh, not to spoil too much of it, but, uh, they had to make that hard decision that we're gonna to have to let our son go and maybe not see him ever again. Uh, but it's gonna be the best thing that's ever happened to him. This who is the is thing was the we dad to that do. they reached
1: out to, his dad I think. Yeah, there was
2: somebody else that they uh, reached out to. I can't remember He's who it was. Pretty famous. Yeah, there was another He's actor.
1: Damn,
2: I'd have to look it up. Justin, yeah. come on. Where are you, Justin? <laughs> we I'm, should call. Hold on, I'm we should call Justin, call Justin, Justin right now. Look Justin, just party. look up who the other actors <laughs> are in Running on Empty for us. That's just lazy. She's like that's all you want from me? <laughs> You're such a great producer, man. No one looks up. You as <laughs> no, shit like no, you. One, Google like no you. one Google searches like you. no one Google searches <laughs> like you. I've seen your fingers move, and it just blows my mind. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was good, man. It was an emotional movie, kind of at the end, and it, it was. One of those great kind of movies for River Phoenix because River Phoenix was doing some high-level shit even in these small movies. Did, did he
1: jump Jackson Brown? Did he write
2: that song for this movie? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it might have been uh, – that seems a lot – this seems pretty late for that, 88, that Jackson Brown song, kind of late 70s. That's true. It might have been. Uh, but this was also the time where River Phoenix was nailing it, man. You know, he had nailed it in Mosquito Coast. you remember Little Nikita? Uh, yeah. The movie with yeah. him and Sydney mm-hmm. Portier? Yeah. That was like a random movie that people don't talk about anymore and that was another one where uh Sydney Portier was looking for like this Russian spy that had some sort of connection with River Phoenix and River Phoenix didn't even know it, it was like one of his mentors that turned out to be a Russian spy and Sydney Portier moved next door just to
1: kind of uncover the whole thing. It was really great.
2: So yeah, Running on Empty. I'm Definitely still, check
1: it out. I'm still trying Oh, you to still look looking at, for actors for the dad? <laughs> He's Famous? I'm pretty sure he's famous. <laughs>
2: it's like nope, no famous people here. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Nothing. You got nothing?
1: I think his daughter was in it though, Jenny, Jenny Lamette.
2: Oh yeah, that would that would be a weird coincidence if he's not, if it's not his daughter. Uh, nope. All right. Well, this next movie. This was a movie I saw on demand when it came out. No, I saw the trailer for it, and you just see the three actors. This? But this? next one, yeah.
1: 1989. Because this was right in our heyday of yep. films and up north. What's his name was killing it at the time uh Matthew Broderick Yeah, Matthew
2: Broderick. So this this movie basically stars three people and three generations of actors who are all playing like father, son, grandfather. Oh, great. So all amazing and just bringing them together so you've got uh the grandfather played by the great Sean Connery. Second time, Sydney Limetch used. Him. Actually, it's a third time because uh a movie I left off here that was really great was The Anderson Tapes with uh Sean Connery, but I hadn't seen it in forever, so I left it off. Um uh, so you got Sean Connery playing the grandfather. The father's played by Dustin Hoffman, and then the the son is Matthew Broderick. And it's such a the great, mother was, uh, uh, was
1: she was she the one from. Uh
2: I've seen her before. She's played in a lot of, like, she plays that Jewish mom a lot of, in movies. Yeah. And I, I can't remember who she is, though. And uh, same with uh, Sean Connery's kind of main squeeze that worked at that delicatessen. She was really, really great in this, too. This is a movie that I actually just mailed to my mom to watch uh, in the last DVD lot that I sent her. And it was uh, a crazy premise, like... Really great, you know, and... Well, kind of the back premise uh, is Sean Connery is this kind of rough and tumble, like the, what you imagine him to be in real life. You know, yeah. just like a, you can imagine Sean Connery even if he's not being that guy that uh, that Scottish guy at the bar who gets drunk and just wants to get in a bar fight. So he's like an ex criminal and uh, did a a scrapper, lot, did, did some time, did some so much so that the all the cops know him yeah. and they, they like basically don't even lock the the lock up when he goes in there yeah. and everything. Oh, you in here again? And so. He's got his son played by Dustin Hoffman, who had been brought into that life for a brief period of time, where he actually had to serve yeah. time because he was robbing uh, stores with his father, and then he got out of it, and made something out of himself, yeah. was bought, a meat packer, st- like bought a meat, pack meat packing business plant. in like uh, a in New the York and, district. and would never have to. His son would never have to work again. He could pay for his schooling five times over. Yep. He made a shitload of money, so no problem. And Matthew Broderick was smart. fascinated super with... Super smart. Like he had won the Rhodes Scholar type uh, yeah. smart. And uh, he could... I think he was going to Princeton or he was going to Harvard and everything. Yeah. And uh, the movie kind of started where he, he met with... Uh, the All g- three of the generations met at like this deli to talk about this thing that Matthew Broderick brought to talk about. Why don't you tell
1: us what he's got to bring he, to him. He met with this this graduate student that was working on this the Asian guy the the great actor from uh, I should know
2: his name too but he's from uh, Jurassic Park and uh, from Oz he was the priest from Oz really good but he was he
1: was working on a formula and he he needed more time to develop it Or something. There was a cover story, and then there was the real story. The plasmas they had to... So they had to break into this. He gave them the codes and told them the time to go. Easy as hell. Easy as hell. You go in and you steal the book and... and, You steal the log book, you steal the plasmas. And they'll pay you amount of money. And it It was a million dollars or something.
2: And the inside, the people in the company knew that they were going to do it. This was kind of just so they could extend their period of time of when this thing was going to come out. They told people that it was going to come out in January, and they were about another year away from it so this robbery would have bought them time. but what you
1: really find out at the end is it didn't work at all yeah it didn't work at all (laughs) like and Uh, they need and he had gotten a lot of funding for it and he just had
2: to. and it wasn't even the plasmas it was water yeah yeah. (laughs) that they were were stealing but it it was (laughs) basically that wasn't even like the big thing about it and it was only going to be one guard and he was like sleeping half the time in the chair with his gun on the back of it and they they were like it's easy and Dustin Hoffman's like hey if it's illegal it's hard, and you know, and I'm not gonna. I didn't spend my whole life thieving with my father, so I could thieve with my son. Yeah. And then but there was Matthew that,
1: Broderick was like, "I'm going, yeah, no matter what." Oh man. And
2: it really Dustin Hoffman had to go because, yeah. just to protect. And remember his that son. moment when he told him, he's yeah. he's like, "I'm going regardless. I'm going if you like it or not." And Dustin Hoffman reached over the table and smacked like, him the sure. hardest you'd ever you seen anyone get smacked.
1: Scene from this movie is is when they he brings his. Girlfriend Matthew Broderick brings his girlfriend over, yeah. Played
2: by uh, uh yeah, that chick from uh, what's Victoria
1: Jackson, yeah, yeah Victoria yeah. Jackson, dumb as shit, and was started talking about the rent schemes they were doing, yeah. they were waiting for old people to die That's so right. that they could That's get right. the rent control, and then Sean Connery, like. Where'd you find this fucking yeah, bitches, uh, parasite yeah, or something like that? bitches
2: her out right in front of him. And the daughter, I think, uh, and Sean Connery's girlfriend too had a great line. She's like, for your benefit, I really hope God has a sense
1: of humor <laughs> because she was doing some horrible stuff. Yeah, she was and Matthew Broderick like the obituary, right you know? Like looking for people to die yeah. so you can get rent controlled yeah. apartments.
2: So Dustin Hoffman literally went just to watch over Matthew yeah. Broderick. because Matthew Broderick was going to do it anyways. Yeah. You know, if Rod goes, he went. And so. And- so what happens is what you would
1: think would happen.
2: Well, I mean, it was it was big though. I, I love that moment where they had to break in because it, it was somewhat easy because, you know, they went in and just like they said, they put masks on. That you know, story that the, the,
1: that Sean Connery told. Oh, God, about, yeah. That peewee guy peewee they were guy talking was, about. They had a thousand they were just,
2: <laughs> There was some really great stuff when they were getting ready for the robbery mm-hmm. and they were going to like uh, hardway stores to buy rope and to buy sledgehammers and to buy crowbars and stuff like that. Everything they would possibly need because like making an indie film, they didn't want to be stuck in there kind of with uh, the wrong tools. So when they get in there, they have the key card. Key card works good. They punch in the code. They find the guard. They, they easily tie him up and then they go and they, they find the, uh, uh, the plasmas. They grab them they, they get out, you know, and then right when they get out, Matthew Brown was like, holy shit, we forgot the logbook. Wait, he says, he's yeah. not going to pay us with a logbook. And, they were, and he's like, I'll go back in. And Dustin Hamba's like, no, I'll go back in. And he's like, no, no, you're not going to be able to find him. It's like 100 a, a books there. He says, you stay here. I'll go in there. And he's going in there. And the, and the idea was that you had to use the key card and then punch in the code. And there was a scene where Matthew Brown was going up the staircase and he uses the keyboard card and just busts through the door. He forgets to type the code in. And so the silent alarm goes off. Yeah. So as... Matthew Brower's not out of the building yet, and the cops start showing up. And then uh, Sean Connery and Dustin Hoffman are like, let's wait in the car. He's, and it, Dustin Hoffman's like, no, I'm waiting here. He said, no, we got to wait in the car. And so they wait in the car, and Ma- they see Matthew Brower get out. And uh, they see Matthew Broward get pitched, uh, pinched, man. Yep. And it was horrible. And Dustin Hoffman's like, he's got to go tell his wife. Oh,
1: man. And his wife was and like, his wife was not forgiving. turn yourself in. Yep. She's he like, give me my son back. He says,
2: turn you and your scumbag father in, or I'll turn both of you in. Yeah. And they were like, Ugh. and he was like flabbergasted. And then he couldn't find Sean Connery and then yeah. he knew Sean Connery then he couldn't find the plasmas he's like where the fuck are the plasmas and everything and because the lawyers like he's like hey you can't go in front of the judge and say fuck you he says you're gonna have to turn yourself in you're going to have to have the plasmas you're gonna have to find the log book and, and uh, try
1: the guy that wasn't going to pay him the yeah. money the, yeah
2: they had Sean Connery had to confront him and everything yeah. and it was a uh, uh, I won't give the whole ending away but it' was some really great stuff with the uh, the judge was also played by uh, Strickland and second time that's he right. used him in a movie, or maybe, maybe more third. than two, but uh, he was great as the judge. That guy, ever everything. Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, it was so fantastic, man, to, to watch these kind of three giants kind of uh, uh, do this really, really phenomenal kind of story. Uh, another one, people, it goes under people's radars, man. I very rarely find anyone that's, that's heard of Family Business, that's seen Family Business, is always one of my kind of staples that I go to that I watch. Really great. All right, this last movie
1: here. And this was a movie, this is our trifecta, the and end this of is, the trifecta. And it's funny because you could watch those three together and you swear they were made one after another. Yeah. Like, that. this movie has yeah. that feel. Yeah, it really does. And this was in 1990, so this yeah. was a
2: little late for uh, having that feel as these other corruption movies that were clearly done in the uh, the mid-'70s and early-'80s. And this was 1990s Q&A. Yep. Uh, another movie not many people have seen, and it's – you. One of the better kind of Nick Nolte roles because you don't get to see him play that kind of asshole character. So who we got? We have Armand Armand Asante, Asante Timothy Hutton, uh, Timothy Hutton, and uh, Nick Nolte. Those are three guys.
1: And the guy that we should mention who they used a bunch of times um, included, they used him in Dog Day Afternoon, used him in Serpico, was Junior. Junior. Who's Junior? From uh, Sopranos.
2: Uh, oh! Oh! Yeah,
1: Junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His uh, uncle. Yeah. 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 Man, my
2: mom loves him. My mom's the biggest like Sopranos fan. She could she could rock at some Sopranos trivia. And I still never seen him past season three. I really need to go through and watch them all because I, I, there's a lot of pop culture stuff, stuff that three, I don't get. But I
1: don't think I made it much yeah. past three. Well, now's
2: the time because you can watch it free on HBO. <laughs>
1: I think you still got to do go through a bunch of hoops though.
2: I don't think so. I think it's like free for streaming regardless if you have a thing. You just got to get the app. You just got to download the F, uh, HBO Now and you could go and th- do that. There's on a section when I go to Roku? HBO Now. I'm pretty sure. If do you have an HBO app on it? I don't know. Can you download apps on Roku? I think so. If you can do that then you should be able to do it. And I think they're allowing you all their major series. And if that's the case, go on there and watch Chernobyl. Is that a locomotion? is Loc- the one that you need to watch. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know where you can find that. It's so weird that the uh, McMillions is available. On uh, on Hulu, they must have they done have some a must
1: partnership. It says right on it, HBO. That it's HBO. Maybe that's one on of the, the ones that they're thing.
2: allowing you to do, and maybe you can do that through uh, Hulu. So you have to look into it. But yeah, tell us a little bit about Q and A because I've seen it. I remember watching it back in the day, and I remember it being slow and gritty. And I he's he's about as
1: corrupt of a cop, Nick as you, Yeah, as you can imagine, this, the movie starts out with him doing the classic. He sends one of his stoolies into a club and then brings another guy out. And when he brings the guy out, shoots him right in the head. Oh, so they he's not he just the stealing guy. money. No, I mean, he's killing Blows people. the guy's head off, puts a plant in his hand, drags the bouncer and everybody else out from inside the club and says, what do you see? Uh, nothing. No. What do you see in his hand? A gun. Okay. <laughs> so then they bring in uh, the great uh, from, from uh, taps. Oh, uh, Josie Scott? No, uh, the young was, kid. Uh Hutton. Uh, Timmy, Timmy Hutton. Yeah, 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 Timmy Hutton's He new, plays IA? He, no, he's the new district attorney. Oh, okay. So they the case goes to him to see whether or not it has to go to the grand jury. Yeah. So Guzman is in this. Uh, the guy, um, Louis Guzman.
2: Oh, Louis Guzman? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's great. Oh, man, he must have been young. Super young. Yeah, 1990. He was in definitely. two movies of his. Really? Yeah. What was the other one? Do um, I think it was Dog Day Afternoon. Oh,
2: okay. And I need to rewatch Dog Day Afternoon. I haven't watched it in far, well, forever. Well, you can only watch half of it on your day. I, I wonder if that's the case, too, because a lot of mine play on mine that don't play on other people's. I'm using an actual Blu-ray player, though. It freezes up and then does some freaky things. Okay, so maybe it is. So you it said isn't just cha- wouldn't play. You said the last 15 minutes? So that chapter, Fifth, chapter, 15 chapter 15 was the
1: last one you can watch. Okay,
2: I'll put it in my uh, thing later and check these. My mom had the same problem with uh, The Master. Sorry, oh, yeah. we got some big ass trucks coming by right now. That's what happens when you're out to a party. You, you got to deal with it. We're in the it's garden, corona time, next to the man. pool. Uh, yeah, mom had it happen with the master. I sent oh. her the master, and she had it happen with concussion halfway through it. And I was like, well, that's what happens when you buy from two dollar movies in China. And and I don't watch them right away. The, uh, I told you. Did I send you the picture of the uh, the yeah. house party? Yeah, yeah. I, this is a great story to not to interrupt Q and A. But I I bought uh, House Party. You know the classic kid and play movie. And I I've been watching some like random 80s and 90s comedies. And I was like, what is the those random 90s and i'm flipping through them it's like a oh, house party i haven't seen this in forever and i take it out and i put it in my dv player and it's, it, it's just spinning it won't work and i was like what the hell's wrong with this disc and i take it out and if, if you buy those like those blank discs and at the very top, top. they have that like piece of plastic yeah. mm-hmm. that goes on they before the disc someone looks like they took a sticker of uh of a house party and put it on a piece of plastic so it's not even a dvd it's just a pi- it's like a plastic ring that someone sold me for like Three, four dollars, or something like that, and because like I don't. Ago. And because I don't watch movies, right when I get them, I'll just file them away, and I'll get to them years later. I was like, "Oh motherfucker, I got hosed big time." I you wonder how even many go people back and find this I, guy. He was you
1: were his perfect. Mark. I had
2: to track him down, man. He was like, "Man, that motherfucker." How many times he probably went on and did it ten other times to people because it worked on me. Damn, pissed me <laughs> off. So now I I need to buy myself some house party.
1: So, so yeah, so they bring Timothy Hutton in, and basically it was like. It was. They all wanted to be open and shut case. The guy pulled a gun on the on a cop, and the cop shot him in self defense. Yeah. And the end of it. So, they bring in, they bring in, He brings in the people to get corroborating stories, and basically the movie's based on Q and A, the, the question and answering sessions that they did with all the suspects and all the all the uh, witnesses. So they bring in a mob boss that was there, played by Junior and uh it's great he's playing bob boss's move back then he's got that man and basically he was like yeah that's sort of what happened because they all they had uh they had dealings with the cop he was so dirty he was part of the mob he was he was uh, he was trying to help he was making money from the mob and so they wanted him to get off but uh armand asante who also worked for the he had his own mob, but you know how they mobs make alliances like yeah, 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 so it was the Italian mob made an alliance with uh with Armand Asante, who played in this movie played a hispanic Cuban or man, a, he
2: doesn't do enough movies, man I love Armand
1: Asante. and it's so, so good. basically he was like he was like, that's not how it happened, and you know the, he's a dirty cop and mm-hmm. wasn't gonna back him up, but he was said enough things to got Timothy Hutton thinking. This might not be open and shut. So he I'd be getting
2: scared, too. If I was yeah. Timothy Hutton, I mean, He dug a little people.
1: deeper and dug a little deeper, and Armand Asante was dating Timothy Hutton's ex-girlfriend, so uh-huh. there was that. So finally, he gets Armando Asante. I mean, I'm skipping over a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> that's all right. That's because all right. it's a long movie, but they, um, Armand Santé is like, I want out yeah. of the mob. So he's like, go down to Miami. The Italians put a hit on him. And a hit wrong. So he's
2: willing to talk about whatever. So the
1: hit goes wrong. Then he calls up Timothy Hunt and says, I'll give you everybody.
2: Yeah. Oh, shit. That's the call every kind of (laughs) uh, district attorney want
1: to get. So So put this guy under protection right now. So, but uh, Nick Noldy is proactive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's also the first
2: time he had that crazy mustache. He had that mustache that was so big. But the weird thing in this
1: movie is a lot of his stoolies and some of them were either transgender or gay. Uh And like, he kept Not, acting like he wanted to be gay. Yeah. Like he grabbed a couple dudes' yeah, packages yep. in this movie. He took the transsexual back a weird to weird the hotel room and was like, I'm going to pitch and you're going to catch him. So he gets ready to have sex with mm. the transgendered person, and and then he strangles them. He kills a bunch of people in <laughs> this movie. God, man, yeah. He, he kill, it's his first mm. of
2: – he played a lot of those roles where he was just kind of a scumbag, and this was like the first time we are like, holy so, crap, man.
1: Finally, they were like, okay – he everybody agrees this he, he's dirty. So Timothy <laughs> Hutton goes back to his office. He w well, they're looking for him. They're looking for Nick Nolte, but yeah. he goes back to his office and this is a spoiler. You want me to spoil it?
2: Yeah, you could spoil it. Okay. We so he it. as he, long as we give the warning. He goes
1: to the he goes into his office and Nick Nolte's there. <laughs> and like pulls a gun on him. Yeah. And was like, you know, okay, I'm gonna kill you. You won, <laughs> but I am still gonna kill you. You figured it out but... so uh, the other cops see that they has a gun, he shoots his partner in, the, in like the chest you think he's dead you find out later he's not and then uh, one of the other cops who's kind of had a running gag they were giving him a hard time he, they kept calling him a virgin because he had been on the force for like 25 years mm. and never never fired his weapon oh really yeah and he was the one in the office that shot Nick Nolte oh the man head. they had some great headshot wounds in this there was yeah some I, great, forgot,
2: I forget about a lot of the action in this movie I remember a lot of the dialogue that initial and murder
1: stuff. they threw like a section of brain meat from like a pig or something against the wall. And it was like, oh man, that was crazy. (laughs) Yeah, man, I wish we we could have had time to
2: talk about all Sidney Lament's movies because all of them, if I had to think of one word, I think gritty would probably be it, you know? You, You think that gritty movie, you think Sidney Lament... And uh, the, uh, some of the other movies, like uh, we didn't talk, Fail Safe, which was another one, uh, great one with Henry Fonda, or uh, Guilty of Sin was another one they did later with uh, Don Johnson and Rebecca De Mornay, where a he was court, just another, a, great movie. another great courtroom, another great courtroom movie. Love, he was a
1: scumbag, and, and that was movie, always yeah. fascinating when it, when you talk about double, not double jeopardy, double jeopardy, yeah. or in, more importantly, like client, yeah, privilege, uh, privilege, yeah, because he he came he right came out and told out her, and said, "I killed her, and yeah. you're going to get me off," yeah. but then he. had... <laughs> Had this weird sort of like relationship with yeah. with her, and she was kind of big at the time.
2: Yeah, and it's it's one of those situations, and we've seen it in movies before, where those no one wants to like just shit can their career uh, just because of like some scumbag or what he's done. But it, yeah, to in order to expose like uh, a real killer that's kind of come front to you, you're gonna have to man, you're gonna have to break that uh, that. It seems like an odd thing that uh, that client I mean, privilege. I could see it for a certain extent, but I know it like with priest if they say they're they they can't I, talk about stuff that he has done, but they can talk about stuff that they think they're gonna do. I think that's what the, the rule those guys go I by. I think priests are gonna touch a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say that. <laughs> Eight out of ten times, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, this is this is a great list. Is, that'll about do it for our, our, our mini kinda we've been doing all these like shortened kind of pods these last couple weeks weeks yeah. just so we can get some stuff out there and everything. And now it's, we've kind of established Todd. Yeah, yeah,
1: and <laughs> La- lawyers and cops.
2: As long as the the weather holds up, uh, me and Dave can do some outdoor stuff when he uh, he comes over here uh, once a week just uh, while he's doing his work stuff. So we definitely it's like, normally it's a
1: conflict yeah. day to play, yeah. to play conflict.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. We usually play video games, but yeah, we're trying to we're trying to stay kind of quarantined as much as possible. You know, I did hear yesterday that they said uh, uh, they said only the less than five percent of all the global cases are of asthmatics, and they think it's because they've been using Never. a lot of maintenance uh, kind of uh, medication. And they also think that when asthmatics hear there's a lung issue, they're like, oh, they're the first to quarantine themselves, yeah. we I mean are staying clear. So they are super surprised that asthmatics are not catching it compared to. They made a list of the top ten underlining. Homes are oh man, that's that's the thing uh, up in Massachusetts, Some of them especially. Aren't even getting-
1: Counted as, yeah, did you
2: hear the one that they found fifteen bodies? Seventeen bodies. Is it seventeen now? It's it's crazy. That yeah, Jersey and Massachusetts are getting nailed with the uh, with the well nursing it exposes homes.
1: just these nursing homes. They're not great places. No, no. The it, ones that regardless are, regardless of a, some of them, like of a pandemic. It's weird down here. We see these super rich yeah uh, nursing homes. Yeah, when well, the like good ones are good, communities good. Yeah. where they take the, their yeah. citizens, the villages. Out, you know, yeah. you think the villages. Everybody in the villages gets a test. Yeah. I guarantee. Oh yeah, yeah. It. These are not poor people. Yeah, they're not poor people. I mean, that's the that's the difference. But in so. New Jersey, they're, yeah, they're, there's they're poor these little and- that are basically. On are under Medicaid. Yeah, I mean they're
2: dying anyways from all these random like uh, stuff they shouldn't be dying, like staff infections and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. at these places. So a pandemic, they didn't have a chance. And yeah. they're just—they yeah. said they didn't know about that one in Jersey until they made someone an order in, for, for like uh, two dozen body called bags. Called a tip in, and because they called in for an order for two dozen do- body bags, yeah, what, what the hell do you need for? two
1: dozen oh, body a rainy day. bags? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, people are stocking up on That's toilet I, paper. I mean, I stock up on body bags, <laughs> yeah, but you don't. I don't. Come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's part oh, of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, part of my God. tractor business. Yeah. So yeah, Sydney Lament, man. If you're an old school movie fan, or if you're kind of uh, you're you're listening to, or you're watching movies and have a really interest in kind of like award winning stuff, and just all the great classics, stories, like he's all great stories, the, man. These all a lot of them are based off st- either
1: books that did well, yep, or. Real life, yeah, I know stuff the, that. Like, like the Death
2: Trap, Death Trap was based on Ira Levin's book. Who did uh, Rosemary's Baby? So I, I yeah. mean, he had done all sorts of great novels. So I think that's what they did back in the day, and that's what Spielberg did back in the day. You know, no, he read books that he said, "This is a great story. Let's buy the rights to this yeah. book and let's mm-hmm. remake it." I mean, now it's a little bit different. What's a book? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and all these movies could be remade. I mean, uh, two of these movies have been remade for sure, and all of them really could be remade if they wanted to. Um Certainly, I wouldn't. I'm. Um, I you know, used to be against it. Remade as a drama. Yeah, I mean, it was called <laughs> Bombshell, really. Uh, did you ever get to see Bombshell? I have not it. was seen good. It, it was really good. Uh, but that kind of exposed kind of oh, the shit. Oh, Brian died thing. Thing. This week. Yeah, he died. Yeah, we should give him his uh, his due, man. Brian Dennehy was such a great actor, man. I put it out on Facebook. I put like that a effect. collage. Yeah, check our Facebook uh, picture. Uh, I put out a, a great picture of all some of his classics, FX, FX2, uh, Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy. Uh, I think uh, First Blood, man. Oh, First yeah. Blood mm-hmm. was one of the uh, the best ones he had done. So he was a great one. We also lost Howard Finkel yesterday, who was uh, – uh, you don't really know who he is unless you're an old WWF guy he was the announcer the ring oh, yeah. announcer not that Michael Buffer guy yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was he had that small little mustache and balding head he kind of looked like Mean Gene but he wasn't uh, and he had been announcing guys for forever so he was a staple in my childhood so I woke up yesterday and found out how Finkel died and then later on I found out Dennehy died and then the uh, cinematographer for E.T. died and I was like holy shit man and it, it, it's weird when, I, later, when later? I like texted you and I find myself doing this now when people are dying you have to in parenthesis say like not of corona yeah you know because people are like oh shit this guy died was it from corona uh virus uh and unfortunately, unfortunately it was not from that because no one wants to kind of wish that up on anyone but um, yeah i mean we're just gonna go week to week uh with the pod and see how things are going our, our governor wants yeah. to open Pandemic shit up, pod <laughs> yeah. up soon? i know i mean we I already we, we kind of did outbreak, it a little early we did like a natural disaster pod That's but true. i suppose we could do a uh a, a because I would classify Man-made like twenty eight days of, later is twenty eight days popular. later would be a pandemic kind of pod, yeah. yeah. So I think next week me and Justin are going to do like a uh, a two thousands. Uh, I think it was two. Let me see what I'm actually billing that as. It's on my list here. We're doing an off world. Oh, it's just off world. Yeah. So uh, off-world sci-fi, anything that just just has people leaving the Earth or it just completely takes place out of Earth, you know, event horizon or anything like that. It's so big of a scale that we could do multiple pods this way, but I think me and Justin are going to do one next week. And then uh, a week after that, uh, me and Dave will be doing another one. We haven't quite decided which ones we, we're going to do, and we'll eventually get to that uh, third part of the uh, Tom Hanks. I would like to wait until we're all together, but slow it may movies. not happen. Uh, what's that?
1: S- movies that burn Yeah, slow movies.
2: burns. <laughs> yeah, We could totally do <laughs> slow burns, but, I mean, that, that's wide open. So we'll do something that's kind of in both of our wheelhouses. Uh, and I'm going to see how uh, well the uh, – the phone recording works for me and my cousin because if it works as well as it does for me and Justin me and uh, Eric could do a great h- horror pod we haven't done a, done a horror pod in like uh, three or four months so probably since November we haven't done one so that would be great to hear so we're, we're not slowing down we're just really putting some stuff out because we know people a lot of people are uh, really listening to podcasts and they need some content uh, to kind of keep themselves busy I know I listen to I don't know how everyone listens to pods I know you listen to them when like you're walking to, uh, the property and do exercise and stuff I tend to listen to them when I'm at work uh, all the time. So, uh, it's, I, I love the podcast. I love the medium for it. So it allows you, and especially nowadays where you, they've got that technology where you can kind of be in different places I and is that if you had stock in zoom you would have been a rich motherfucker right now not if, really because even they if uh, they're starting to get hacked even with, with the hacking it, it doesn't seem it's
1: stopping people there's people so are like other... oh, if,
2: they, if they post a little porn on our thing no big deal <laughs> because I know my wife and all of them they use but, like there's like three or four different yeah, ones that people are that. using go yeah, meet pr-
1: there's yeah uh, there's probably Skype, 10 of them to be honest with you yeah but I know
2: zoom is getting some really good play right now so I I know that a lot of people are using it, but so hopefully everyone stays safe out there. If you want to get a hold of us, you can shoot us an email at fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook page. You can see our photos of the collages that we create for this week's episodes. And uh, you could also leave us a like or a comment on our platforms, which is SoundCloud or iTunes, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. So until next week, we do our off-world sci-fi. See ya.
0: Bye. My heart won't take it. <laughs>